And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Bring that down a little bit. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson Weekly is back. I like that. Good to see you, pal. Good to see you too, Glenn. Has to Carson got taller? Is it just because he's also lording over you like I am now in the new? Pl- oh, by the way, that definitely doesn't work. We got to get. <laughs> oh my God, we got to find a box or something to put that on top of. Carson, see if I can find Carson, something. find something that you can put that microphone on top of because that's that's insane. <laughs> we got to do better. We got to do better. That might not be enough. Might need it even bit. Gonna need a bigger. Right. We're gonna need a bigger box. That, that'll work. All right. Are you taller? Uh, I think I'm still growing. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what the doctor said. I'm. Jesus. How tall are you? Uh, like six foot and like. But I've put on like a half inch since college started. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, you seem taller for some reason. Yeah, I, I think I, I am still growing. It's I just little by little, but I'm. I'm I can't still tell up. if it's just because we have you know now we have the elevated desk. I think the stool might have something to do it, with it. It does yeah. appear to have something to do with it, but it's still I don't know, man. Looking at you, you seem taller. Well, it's good to see you, pal. Good to uh, see you too. It's like having a, a strapping young uh, Carson Weekly Absolutely. In here with us. Nothing, nothing against you, Griffin, but you know, I mean. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, coming up on the program today, we are going to meet uh, the man who would be the tallest player in MLB history should he make it to the bigs, Orioles draft pick Jared Beck, who's a, whose story is fascinating, by the way. Not only is he seven feet tall, and there's only so many questions you can ask a guy about being tall, like, hey, how'd you get tall? What's that like? Like you know, there's there's a limit to how many things you can ask about that. Um, he was at Illinois State. He transferred out of Illinois State. He joined the Savannah Bananas, which, if you don't know about the Savannah Bananas, they're basically the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. And apparently, in an interview, he said that's where he found his passion for competing again. With a team that's not really competing. <laughs> They're putting on a show. And then he ended up at this you know, college called St. Leo down in Florida. And now he's trying to find his way through to the major leagues. Fascinating story. Um, by far, I, I say by far the most. He's not by far the most. Jackson Holiday is by far the most interesting of the Orioles draft picks because he was the one that went 1-1. He's Jackson Holiday. Um Nolan McClain's interesting because he's a two-way player, and we'll see if the Orioles end up using him as such. Um, but I don't know. Of all of them, I I found Jared Beck to be quite fascinating, like just super fascinating. So we will chat with him here a little bit. We'll preview the second half of the season with Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. That's coming up a bit later. And then a topic I want to get into today, today's Think Tank, which is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Baseball gets back underway tonight. Orioles get back underway tomorrow. Every game, every night, the place to be to watch and bet is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 61 self-service kiosks. They're all open 24-7. So even if you want to watch like a late-night game, Giants are playing. I think it's the Giants and the Dodgers, right, to start the uh, second half of the season. There's a couple double-headers today as well. There are a couple of double-headers today. This is because, and I go back... um, the when they canceled or when they delayed the start of the season we so much has happened in the world that it feels like we've forgotten that baseball yeah. season was delayed right and so people are like why are they a five game series why are there so many double headers 
Well, it's because they were trying to get all those games scheduled back without extending the season, which is just silly. But that's why we have days like today where there's a bunch of doubleheaders. The Orioles do not play, of course, today. But all those games, no matter how late, no matter what's going on, you can bet them on those 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook because they're open 24-7. So no matter what's going on, you want to bet some Japanese baseball, you want to bet some uh, Thai cricket, I I don't know, whatever it is. You want to bet some Ukrainian ping pong. Not that I know anybody that's ever done that (laughs) at all. Couldn't name anyone at all that's ever bet Ukrainian ping pong. Well, now that baseball's back, we shouldn't have to do that this. Uh, I was doing it when baseball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had a hot streak. It all went (laughs) south quickly. Uh, but you can bet it all in the FanDuel Sportsbook. One thing, uh, like right at the beginning of COVID. Bill, Hang on, uh, let, me, let me finish the read. Oh, this sorry, is a sorry. quick lesson. Okay. Let me finish that line in the read, and then then I want you to jump right back in, all right? Let's, let's see. Experiment here. You can bet it all in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Now, that's where you were supposed to jump oh, in, Griff. Okay. Jesus. Uh, but Belarusian right. soccer was like Ooh. the only thing that was like Ooh. live, like in April of 2020. Oh, I'm, I'm and willing I was, to uh, give it a shot. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was following that for, it's like, for a good it's month It's like or two. when I was in college. I'll try anything once. <laughs> what? Huh? What did you say? That's not appropriate. <laughs> not appropriate at all. Um, uh, let me take this time, and I'll be the one to do it. Because I get it. I I don't think any of you are seriously mad, but I just think it's the the way that the world works. Whatever is going on, it's the thing that's going on, so we all feel like we have to say something about it. It is absolutely, utterly, and completely irrelevant that Trey Mancini did not win the ESPY Award for Best Comeback Athlete. There is nothing remotely relevant about it. As I said when you all got worked up about... Um, Bruce Jenner a couple years ago you don't care about the ESPYs you don't you don't care a little bit about the ESPYs you don't care you when I when he when Bruce Jenner won oh god sorry I'm not supposed to say I'm sorry Caitlyn Jenner I'm sorry that's not I did not do that to attempt I'm very sorry about that I was not trying to dead name someone I literally my brain just stopped working when Caitlyn Jenner won the ESPY award I said then, you all couldn't name one other person ever that has won this award. Because you don't care. You're getting worked up about something because you want to get worked up about something. You don't actually care. And I, by the way, I, I genuinely apologize because I know that we're not supposed to do that in 2022. And that was not, that's literally just me being an idiot and, and having a, a, a mush for brains at this point in my life. Um, which is not great, by the way. I don't suggest that. I, I suggest trying to keep more cognitive function than what it appears that I have. Um, I I know that we all like Trey Mancini. I adore Trey Mancini. And because the ESPYs were going on last night, we want it's it's us wanting to feel pretty. We want to see our guy on national TV on the only thing that anybody's watching, the only thing that's going on. We want to see our guy get some love. We want that for our guy because it makes us feel pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Carson, tell me I'm pretty. Glenn, you're gorgeous. Thank you. Means a lot. Love the hat. Thank you. Um, that, that's how we operate as a society. To be abundantly clear, we similarly could not name a single other 
athlete who has ever won Best Comeback Athlete at the ESPY Awards. With your life on the line. Because we don't care. This isn't the Heisman Trophy. This isn't relevant. It's a dumb TV show that they put on because there's nothing else to do. I, I, I didn't even think that Trey Mancini would go. So I think it's neat that he went. I think that's cool that Trey Mancini got to go have a moment where he got to hang out and you know rub elbows with uh, some of the biggest stars in all of sports and probably a couple of them know about his story. And there was probably a moment or two for him last night where it was really neat. Where they said, hey, dude, um, really inspired by your story. And he was like, holy crap, you know who I am? Like, I bet that was really cool for him. I, you know, Stan and I had a conversation. I was like, why would Trey Mancini go to the ESPYs? Like, he's got baseball to play in two days. He clearly thought it was a cool event and wanted to be there. And that's neat for him. And I'm happy for him that he had that. Who wins the award could not be any less relevant. They're not real. I don't even know how they're decided. I know there's like a fan vote for these things. And by the way, if that's how they're completely decided, who do you think is going to win, Trey Mancini or Clay Thompson? Come on, man. We love Trey Mancini here. But the average person in the country is way more cognizant of Clay Thompson than they are of Trey Mancini. I'm not sure if you're aware. One of them's won four NBA titles. And we love Trey, and I love Trey, and I, I think Trey deserves about as much recognition as, as for being a human as anybody on the planet. I know nothing about Clay Thompson the human. Maybe Clay Thompson's a wonderful human, too. I couldn't tell you. I certainly enjoyed him drunken captain hat wearing at the <laughs> Warriors parade and uh, losing, losing a hat in the water. Or what, I mean, like I, I, he certainly came off as being entertaining. I couldn't tell you what kind of human he is. I don't know. I'm going to guess Trey Mancini's a better human because Trey Mancini's a better human than just about everybody I've ever met. He's an incredible human being. But trying to feign some sort of outrage about an ESPY award speaks to how much we have dumbed down our society. The response to who wins an ESPY award is who effing cares? Thought it was a neat thing that they did for Dick Vitale. To be full disclosure, I most certainly did not sit down and watch the ESPY Awards last night. I also realized, you know what I mentioned yesterday? I mentioned what we do in the shadows. I got to watch The Bear on FX. Everybody is raving about The Bear. It's about like a restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I saw the first episode. It's good. Everybody's raving about that show. I have to watch that show. Yeah, it's good. I have to watch that show. The first episode's a little confusing, but it like starts to make sense after. What do you mean confusing? Like Like, there's just a whole... there's they're in a restaurant or not? No, like there's just kind of a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. I think we need to bring Carson down slightly. Just slightly, Griffin. I think we need to bring him down just a bit. Go ahead. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of characters, but like it starts to make sense as like the second and third okay. episodes roll on. I but thought you said you good. only watched the first episode. I said I saw the first... I mean, I was saying like, you need to see the first episode. Like, I saw the first episode and it was really But then good. you just said that they... It starts to come... I'm confused. Did you watch more than one episode or not? I watched like the first three. Okay, all right. I'm more, I'm more than a little confused about what just happened here. But <laughs> no, I was saying like... Is, I, I was saying like, bear. you're going to watch the first right, episode. Right. And I do want to watch the bear. That's it's all, it's good. It's on yes. my list. I want to watch the bear. Um, I don't know what just happened there. <laughs> 
It's like kind of a. But I feel we're off like, to kind of like a bumpy. I feel like we're going to be all right. It's off to a bumpy I feel like we're start be here. All right. New studio. So, I mean, he did say he watched the first episode, right? I'm not yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did say that. You did say so that. Absolutely. It kind of implied that you stopped after. Yes. The first oh yeah. I, that was the confusion. yeah. That was yeah, what sorry, that was messed with me. Yeah. Is I, you said I watched the first episode and then started telling me about the other episodes. Yeah, I did. Im- it did imply that. I feel like maybe you would have said I started watching that or I've watched a few episodes. Yeah, I should have something said that. along those. Lines. Yeah. I'm not mad. I want to met- <laughs> put that make that make sure when the newspaper quotes me. I'm not mad. Okay. I don't think they're gonna quote. I think they're gonna quote Bruce Jenner. I don't think they're gonna quote that. Stop! Stop! Don't. We're not saying. We're not dead naming him anymore. We're not doing that. It's Caitlyn Jenner. That's the way it goes. Whatever you have, whatever feelings you want to have, that's the societal approach that we're taking in 2022. Oh, I agree. Is that we don't dead name someone. So I apologize again. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. I screwed up. My brain is mush. It's not. It was not an attempt that I was making there. I'm very sorry. I have. Trust me, there. the number of times that there's a very simple word that I can't come up with, I am very concerned about my cognitive functions at this point. They're going to have to put me in a home before I'm 50. Like, it ain't great, the path that I'm on at the moment. You got at least, like, 51 or 52. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you. That, <laughs> makes, that makes me feel better. Um, I'm not mad, is the point. I just was confused. That's all. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, I said that in a confusing Go Go back way. to the point, which is I didn't watch the ESPYs because I didn't watch the ESPYs, but I saw the Dick Vitale thing that everybody was sharing around, and it was beautiful. I mean, if, if, if you can't watch that, it's a seven-minute clip. If you can't watch that and feel something, I don't know what to tell you. Dick Vitale has been a, a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And yes, like all other Maryland fans, we all hated Dick Vitale once upon a time. Once upon a time, but we also understand that there's a real world that exists, and our dumb, you know, he loves Duke, whatever philosophy isn't how the real world works. Dick Vitale loves college basketball, and that passion for college basketball has been evident since the first time I ever saw him on television. And Dick Vitale has been a ubiquitous part of my sports viewing life. Ubiquitous. He's always been there. He's part of the furniture, man. And watching that last night was emotional. I think that's neat. I think that's wonderful. I think that's literally about all the ESPYs are worth. Like, they did that. They did a thing for Stuart Scott a few years ago. Obviously, famously, Jim Valvano once upon a time. Like, that's what that show is about, is those stories. Who was the football co- I can't think of the guy's name. The football coach that was a paraplegic. Do you remember that guy from a couple years ago? Um, I don't. That story was wonderful. It was a wonderful story. They did uh, what Devin Still as well and his, uh, yeah, his daughter. Yeah, that's 100%. My yeah. God. That's the type of stuff that the ESPYs should exist for is telling those stories. In fact, I would encourage them to get rid of all the athlete awards. Just do a show and do five minutes on Trey Mancini and do five minutes on Clay Thompson and do five on the best stories of the year. It's like an E60 kind of thing. Something like, like that. Yeah. Yes. Because, my God, who gives a flying F who won best basketball player? We already had an MVP of the league and a, a finals MVP. What the hell does it matter who the ESPYs think is the best basketball player? Is anyone ever tuned in to see that? And who... Diamond DeShields was also nominated for Best Comeback Athlete last night, and she also overcame cancer. Does, is Trey Mancini more deserving than her because he's a baseball player? And I get it, neither one of them won. Clay Thompson, but that's the point. Who, who is most deserving? It's wonderful that they all came back. But why would we ever care even remotely about which of them won they all deserve recognition they all got some attention 
You want to care about something from the ESPYs? Beat up ESPN for how they didn't invite the female college athletes. It's a joke. They actually cared. It's actually man- mattered to them. Cares who wins, wins a freaking ESPY award, man. I, I get it. We And I think some of you are doing shtick. Like, I think my buddy uh, Eric Arditi is doing shtick. I think some of you just genuinely believe that there's a world in which I need to be told I'm pretty. And if I'm not told I'm pretty, I'm very mad about that. And again, Carson, tell everyone they're pretty, please. Guys and ladies, if you're watching this show, <laughs> I think you, were you are right. very, I think very you, pretty. You probably could have stopped it, guys, I think, for the most part. Well, you never know. We got a couple. I know there have been a couple over well, the Well, you're years. all very pretty. Thank you. Especially today. You look wonderful. Today. And that's coming from a strapping young man in Carson who's saying that Carson Weekly is telling you that you're very pretty. It's okay. We're all going to be all right. The ESPY award is irrelevant. We're going to be all right. I promise you. Everything's going to be okay. Trey Mancini still gets to play baseball, even though he didn't win. And, and I know we're mad. What was Justin Tucker up for that he didn't win? Oh, it wasn't moment, was it? I don't know. what. Like, like most clutch yeah, moment whatever, player. Whatever it was, oh, he didn't man. win it either. Who cares? Who did Who did win that, though? I don't who, know. Who would yeah, I, I, yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't watch Why it. Why would you Neither care? Did I. I didn't watch it. This is why I don't understand getting worked up about these things. How little do we have to do that we would spend even a second? I know you're going to say, hey, Glenn, you're talking about it for 10 minutes on the show. Thank you. I, we're doing we're doing <laughs> shtick. We're doing we're doing shtick. I'm having Carson tell you you're pretty. If you can't understand the difference in the content that we're doing here, I have no hope for you. Um, I, I said I was going to tell you about today's think tank, and then I forgot to. So, yeah, these things happen. Today's think tank question. We'll get to it in the 11 a.m. hour. I want your responses. Um, it comes from a conversation we started to have on yesterday's show. Given that the Orioles are now 500 at the All-Star break, which we all know is far better than we could have all fathomed before the season began, and they're trending in a tremendous direction, it's not just that they're 500. It's that they're on an upward trend to get the 500 since Adley Rutschman's arrival. I want to know how will you define now what you would consider a successful season for the Orioles. Given where they are, given where they where we thought they would be, all of the knowledge that we have, I'd like for you to think about it. Put some thought into it. How would you now define, when we get to the end of the year, we all get together in Halloween, everybody's dressed up as a, a, a slutty Carson, I do believe that's going to be the hottest uh, costume. Trending, this year. Yeah. yeah. The hottest costume would be Slutty Carson Weekly. Spirit Halloween's going to be sold. Oh out my god! You can't can't keep them on the rack. Yep. How would you define if we all get together at Halloween? And I ask the question: Was this a successful season for the Orioles? What would have needed to happen for you to say yes? That's what I want to know. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the best way for you to get in with your responses. You can put them in the comments on the video if you want as well. I, Admittedly, I'm not always great about recognizing the comments, and I apologize for that. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the best way for you to respond. How would you now define what a successful season would be for the Baltimore Orioles? We're going to talk about that. We're going to a, a, We're going to try to have a real sports conversation this morning on this show in the 11 a.m. hour. That's the plan. All right, um, I'm really fascinated with the opportunity to chat with this guy, and not just because he's tall. He is very tall, but there are other things about him that make him very interesting. Um, he is uh, one of the most recent uh, newcomers to the Orioles organization as he was selected this week 
out of St. Leo. He is seven foot pitcher Jared Beck, and he's with us now here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jared, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, thinking of me. I'm uh, really excited about it. So. It's, it's awesome, man. Jared, it's great to chat with you. I was joking earlier. There's only so many ways to ask somebody about being tall because, like, you know, you don't get to decide that. That's just the way that it works. Um, but but take me through. Like, what when were, were you always bigger than everybody else? Were, was there a point in your life where you had a growth spurt? Was was there ever a time where you're like, hey, maybe I should think about basketball instead? Like, did you ever go through any of those things? Yeah, I was kind of always, like, a head taller than everyone, even in, like, elementary school and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I got a growth spurt in middle school. That, uh, it was, like, I'd say, like, 11 inches in two years. And it's just, I mean, I was always taller, and then that happened, and I was going through all these growing pains and stuff. And it was tough kind of getting through some of that. But uh, I did, and then, yeah, it all worked out for me. But... I did play basketball. Uh, I played baseball and basketball mostly, and I don't know. I just baseball. I I love the game. It's just uh, it's just a great like release for me. So I had to go with that, and I uh, it's a little easier to me. It's a little better to be out on the field like in the daytime at night, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's kind of why I kind of chose that. You know, it's it's interesting when I was checking out your bio at St. Leo, and I saw that you're, you you had Randy Johnson listed as a favorite athlete. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that 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 checks out um do you do you do you feel like did you when you started getting taller and being a pitcher was that what drove you to have respect admiration for randy johnson for sure uh yeah he's one of the, one of the 610 pitcher you know like so there's there's guys like that around in the league now i know there's a couple more 611 guys but yep. yeah like seeing those guys make it and all that it kind of yeah it kind of helps me like all right, now this could actually become a reality, and I, I really do think I uh, could get there someday. He's Jared Beck. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jared, would, would it mean – look, a lot of people have brought up there's never been a seven-footer in Major League Baseball. And, I, again, I just being tall does not guarantee success, right? Like, it doesn't put you in the Hall of Fame. But would that, mean, sure. would that mean something to you to, to be sort of recognized in history as being the tallest player in the history of baseball? Yeah, for sure. It'd be an honor coming from Iowa, small town, kind of. Uh, yeah, you don't get a lot of recognition all the time, but yeah, it's <laughs> been it's been kind of crazy lately. I imagine. So, I imagine a that's lot about my height for sure. Jared Beck is with us. So, Jared, take me back. You said something about baseball being a release for you. Tell me a little bit more about that. When what what was it that developed that love of the sport? And and when you say a release. Is it something that just throwing a baseball sets off for you? Or, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm meant to do. I'd say so. I think just – I think any part of baseball, just, like, training, the lifting stuff, yeah, throwing, just playing catch, I think all that is just – it's so great. And now that, like, it's my job, I'm just like, that's even better, you know? Like, I, I get to go out and do what I love. So, yeah, it's one of the one of the best things in my life, honestly. And, yeah, it's just kind of – you know, just when I was even younger age, when I was going through school and stuff, and I'd be like, after after school, I'd get to go to play uh, some baseball games with my friends and stuff like that, or even out out in the backyard playing with my friends. Like, it was always always had fun times doing it. So that's awesome. That's awesome, man. How what's the fastest you've ever thrown a baseball? I think I was clocked up to ninety five. Just I think for one pitch uh, this year okay. against Tampa. 
Do do you feel like um what I guess consistently what are you sitting at and do you feel like there's still more I think a lot of people point out hey given your size you should be able to, to hurl do you feel like there's even more that with the right training around the right people that maybe you could throw even faster than that Oh for sure I think uh, I'm I'm usually this year I was sitting around like uh 89 91 92 area touching some threes and fours but uh yeah just I think with what I got now and kind of like my base that I've made, create like made for myself and with the others that helped me around me. Um, I think, yeah, there's so much more room to grow cool. and I'm still kind of growing into my body and there's so much more like that I can do to mature in my body and all that. So I think just that would help. But yeah, if I get to an Orioles organization and they can help me with the player development stuff, I think, I think I could be maybe, scraping some hundreds once in a while we like like the sounds of that we like the sounds of that man that sounds pretty good to us all right so we got to get to it the savannah bananas man (laughs) um tell me (laughs) tell me about how that happened and what that experience was like for you they are one of the most fascinating things that exist within all of sports Oh yeah. So yeah, I was, uh, I was planning on going to the Northwoods league and that ended up not working out. So my, uh, one of the assistants coach, uh, assistant coaches at, uh, St. Leo's name's Josiah Hassong. He kind of hooked me up. He knew one of the coaches there. He's like, Hey, we got, we got this lefty that needs to throw. And I was on a temp for the first two weeks cause they really didn't know how to shake out. And then I kind of proved myself there. And, uh, yeah, it kind of came into a pretty uh, pretty good role as like a mid release guy, a couple inning guy, and uh, yeah, kind of kind of ran with that. And I don't know, it was just it was an it was a great experience. Like I didn't expect anything like that in my life uh, to ever do that. I've heard about them uh, prior to that, like a couple years, and I was like, it'd be pretty cool to play for them, but I never thought I'd actually get the chance. Okay, so were you like doing all of the show? Like, were you doing all the entertainment stuff too? Yeah, like mostly everybody does that, but the pitchers kind of get the the load of it because the pitchers will be sitting, not doing, not playing the whole time, you know, because there's a bunch of them. But uh, yeah, so we do all like the dances, the goofy stuff, the interacting with the crowd, which it's not, it doesn't get old, but I don't know. I think it is. It's really good to do. It, <laughs> It's really, it's really fun to do with the teammates too, and uh, okay, and we all have fun doing it. I can dig that, right? Like you're all doing it together. It's not like you're mocking any one person. You're all doing it together. It's part of the deal. Exactly. Were Were you trepidatious about any? Like you're obviously you're a competitor, right? Like you want to pitch, you want to win, you want to do those things. Were you trepidatious about all oh, of that, yeah. or were you like, hell yeah, man? Like I want to put on a show for people. <laughs> Part of me, uh, so like the day before I was supposed to go down, I called my coach and I was like, "Hey, I don't know, I don't know if I want to go down anymore. <laughs> this might be too much for me." I really did, and he's like, "No, you're going. You're gonna do it." And I'm like, "And he's like, you're gonna be great." And I went down there, and yeah, I loved it. Like instantly, I loved it. That's so, yeah, cool, I, man. And I embraced it. I thought it was great. That's really cool that like you that you genuinely enjoyed it. That it wasn't just like you were sentenced to doing it, and you were like, "The first chance I have to get out, I'm gonna get out." Um, what what was <laughs> What was like your favorite stunt that you did during your time with the bananas? Oh, I think off the top of my head, I think a funny one, uh, we'd stand up in the crowd and there'd be a guy in the field and he'd like have like these like parachute pants on and we'd just be throwing bananas in his pants and he'd try to catch them. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty funny one. We need more of that in baseball. We got 
gotta bring that to right. other like that that's the type of thing that doesn't just need to exist with the savannah bananas right like well, there's no reason <laughs> why when you show up at aberdeen or delmarva or one of these affiliates that you're going to show up at that we couldn't do something like that in baseball and <laughs> that's awesome that'd be hilarious that's a 10 and a half in fact i i feel like you could almost make it into a game where like you could pick somebody from the crowd and they get to put the parachute pants on and then they get to compete exactly. to see like how many bananas they catch or something like we gotta we gotta talk to yeah some that's kind of what it was like we picked some random person in the crowd and we're up in the crowd like running around in the fan sections and stuff and yeah it was kind of it was cool it was me and the owner like it's the owner and like another player does it all the time it's kind of funny that's awesome man i love that dude i love the fact that you loved it too by the way because i am obsessed with the like i it is a life goal of mine to get to a game right because it's such oh yeah but like they're sold out every night right like there's never a seat available yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so... it is always a packed crowd it really is it's awesome did you i read somewhere that it like inspired your passion for baseball more your time and i don't remember what the exact quote was and i apologize if i'm misquoting and you can correct me but like i read somewhere that you found more of a passion and a love for baseball being around that is that true I think, I mean, it was just pure joy around the team and around the guys all the time, uh, around the, uh, the organ, the bananas organization. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, they do a really good job with splitting it up. So like you'll be entertaining the fans, like when you're not playing, but when you're on the field, he's like, it's go time. Like we flip that switch and he's like, it's time to, time to get after it and shut it down as a pitcher or like it's time to you know just put all the runs up on him as a hitter you know so that's cool man i think once uh they kind of told us that and i kind of got that mentality in my head so like when i step on the mound it's like go time and it's like time to dominate i think that really helped me as a player and uh, i picked that to the season this year and had a great season so can, can i venture a guess that every time you've ever held a bat you've maybe never taken a walk in your life as a hitter that it might have been fairly <laughs> difficult for that to have occurred at any point <laughs> For sure. Actually, I was uh, pretty good when I was at a younger age swinging the bat. But, yeah, I had to put it down in, in college, which is a little unfortunate. But yeah. I was still swinging here and there in practice. A little tough. A little tough when you're seven foot tall for the to, to find something that isn't the strike zone. Like, very difficult for sure. at that point for that not to be the case. Um, uh, Jared Beck. Yeah, I remember, in a high school, I remember in a high school game, the umpire was like, there was a pretty low ball, and he was like, oh, man, that would have been a strike for everyone, but that's a ball for you because you're so tall. I'm like, yeah, uh, I get it. Um, I mean, I, you know, credit to him, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. I was like, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, know? dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> what it means to you to have gotten the call from the Orioles. I know, like, hey, it probably would have been nice for it to come and say the first or the second round. Like, that might have been a nice thing. But just to get the call yeah. at all and to now have a professional home and an organization that wants you here and, and wants to try to develop you, what, what did that moment mean to you as part of your journey? Uh, it's an honor, and uh, I'm blessed to have uh, even reached this point, and I know it's just the start nowadays, so um, I'm ready just to just to grind it out. Like I, I believe I can get to where uh, I want to go, so I'm ready to do it, and I think the Orioles will help me a lot with that. So, so let's define that. What is it specifically that the Orioles are getting in Jared Beck? They're getting a competitor. They're getting a guy that is going to be there every day that cares and uh, grinds my butt off. I'm gonna I'm gonna try as hard as I can to get to the big. So 
That's my goal. I love the sounds of it, man. I love the sounds of it. Also, by the way, you mentioned the, the basketball. And you, there's a, most of the prospects in the Orioles system, like Grayson Rodriguez, those guys, they all get together and play basketball too. So I feel like they're maybe about to be in for a nightmare because you're about to go kick all of their asses in the coming oh, years yeah. on the basketball court. <laughs> when did you stop playing, by the way? How long ago was that? Uh, I stopped senior year of high school. Okay. Uh, just because. You knew you had I committed to a, a JUCO to play baseball. Yeah, just focus on baseball. Yeah, but you know it, it's hard doing that because there was a point in time where I thought I wanted to play basketball in college, and then I just out of nowhere kind of chose baseball. So I don't know. It's it's good to still like have those pickup games with the kids on my team and stuff. I'd, cool. I'd play with a couple of kids. There's a six nine kid on my team uh, this year, and you know, so we kind of battled it out here and there. So. That's cool. cool. That's cool, man. That's cool that you get to still do that. Jared, it's awesome to get to meet you, man. Really excited. And I, I, I know this is going to sound like a dumb thing, but you have f- just absolutely fortified my love and my desire to go see the Savannah Bananas, by the way. like I, That's my favorite thing that's come from this conversation. Um, I, are you on social media anywhere that we can give a plug and, and have Orioles fans give you a follow? Instagram, Twitter, anywhere like that? It's... Yeah, Instagram It's just JaredBeck45. Jared Beck 45 on, oh, you know what? Let me see. I got you right here. There he is. Jared Beck 45. Give him a follow right there. Um, Jared genuinely, oh, and there's a bunch of basketball pictures. Ironic that we were just talking about. And there's a bunch yeah. of basketball <laughs> pictures right there. Um, Jared, congratulations, yeah. man. Um, really uh, very cool. And looking forward to getting to know you as you report to one of these affiliates. And we're going to be following and monitoring and staying in touch as you make your way through this Orioles system. We can't wait to one day see you uh, set a new record for the tallest pitcher, tallest player in the history of baseball uh, right here in Baltimore. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, thank you very much. It's Jared Beck, um, new Baltimore Orioles draft pick. And, dude, how much fun does that sound, him describing the Savannah Bananas? It's good for baseball. Dude, it's so good for baseball. Because, you know, baseball always gets knocked as like, oh, it's the old person sport and they don't make any effort to make it fun. Stuff like that is definitely moving us in the right direction. I said, we did a Would You Rather Wednesday scenario a few months back where it was like, would you rather get a, I think I said like a a WNBA team, something for the arena, like a new, I don't know what it was, maybe an indoor lacrosse team. Mm -hmm. Or would you rather like the Frederick Keys become the Washington Generals to the Savannah Bananas. Right. And, like, get the host. I'm like, dude, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and, like, for someone's... God, it would be incredible. Maybe if someone wasn't as much into baseball and they were trying to get into it. For your kids. As a first game or for your kids or something like that, yeah. Dude, my kids It's engaging. It's fun. They would lose their minds seeing something like that. When I was down, um, some people might remember last summer, my my grandfather was passing away, and I, I, I took my children down to see him in Georgia. Um, before before he died, and I I was like I have to find it. And he didn't live anywhere near Savannah. Like he lived hours. It's I mean, like down to like all the way at the bottom. Yeah, he was so far away from Savannah. But I just being in the same state was enough for me to say like right. I gotta find out. Like I gotta see if I can't get to a game. You can't. They literally sell out every game. They're that popular. They sell out. And I don't think it's a very big stadium either. Um, Still though. Still. Oh God. Oh. God. And I know they did a little bit of touring this year, but like mostly in the southeast. Yeah, they kind of go just around that area. Yeah, like Montgomery and places like that. Oh, I would love. We could, I would. Love. We can throw this on a Would You Rather Wednesday. It's, would you rather be for one game a Savannah Bananas player or a Globetrotters player for one game? I mean, I, I think it depends on what your skill set is. I couldn't do. I guess. Well, I, I guess we're assuming that you're good at whatever you're. Gonna do. Well, like I, 
I think anybody could go stand in right field. That's true. That's for a game. <laughs> you know what true. I mean? Like, yeah. And you're not going to be good, there, yeah. but you can at least stand there sure. and and make an attempt. Whereas I know what would happen if like the Harlem Globetrotters are all college basketball players. They're all guys that yeah. were they can they can all like, dunk and you yes, a hundred. Like, I can't. Do, I don't have the skills necessary in order to be out there with those guys. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. And the, and you're one of five. Like there's only five guys on the floor. If one of them can't do it. The, the Globetrotters would always do a bit when they would come to town where they would like allow for sports media people in town to play for the generals that night. And like they would only put you on the floor for like a minute or so. But you're still on there. But yeah. like, and I, I'm really mad because I missed my, when I was in Phoenix, they wanted to do it and I missed my opportunity to do it because I had something else going on at the time. I, it would have been amazing. Like it would have been wild. Just to be able to say, yeah, I played against, against the Harlem Globetrotters. That would have been cool. All right, when we come back in, we're going to preview the second half of the Orioles season. Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun will join us. I want you to keep thinking about how would you define success. Knowing where the Orioles are, how would you define success when we get to the end of the year? Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland, join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite, I Love the 90s Concert, featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year. The 17th annual All-America Lacrosse Boys and Girls Senior All-Star Games will be on Saturday, July 30th at Johns Hopkins Historic Homewood Field. This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find 
find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio all right back in here on gcr we're having we're our like entire uh off-air conversation being dominated by the savannah bananas and harlem globetrotters you know it's All-Star Week in sports media when that's what it is that's on your mind is the Savannah Bananas and Harlem Globetrotters. That's what we're thinking about around these parts. Um, Orioles again off tonight, but back in action tomorrow, opening up a series against the Yankees, and I would like to hope that it would be a good weekend for there to be huge crowds, and specifically huge crowds of Orioles fans. They get to these games this weekend. We know, of course, there will be Yankees fans because they're they're cockroaches. They're everywhere. That's the way that it goes. There's nothing you can do about that. It would be very nice. I, I never try to tell anybody what to do with their money. I get out of your wallet, the whole thing. But it just seems like to celebrate this joy that we've had related to baseball over the last couple of weeks, it would be a swell thing to get to the ballpark this weekend. I'm really I'm bummed because I... I was hoping to take my kids this weekend, but then, you know, credit, my wife makes a very good point. I think the crowds are going to be quite large. I don't think they're quite ready yet for that. I think my kids, it's still the best time to take them to a game is like the the Thursday afternoon game when there's 10,000 people there, right? Like like a random Sunday or something. Uh... I feel like Sundays, it's so funny that I say Thursday afternoon yeah. and then I'm going to say, I feel like for whatever reason, every Sunday it's the hottest game in the history of That's humanity. very true, and I you're in the direct sunlight in all parts of the stadium. I don't know, but I don't, like when they do those like uh, Thursday afternoon specials, mm-hmm. it's just as hot. I know it is. Yeah. The sun doesn't change. But yet, for some reason, it never feels that way. It always feels like every Sunday game I've ever been to in my life is, so the, is the hottest game, and it makes no there is no difference between a Sunday afternoon and a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. When's the last time you saw thing? a cloudy Sunday game? Never. I I think you're. I don't think I've ever been to a yeah, cloudy Sunday game. I couldn't game. tell you. I don't think that has ever occurred in my life that I've been at a cloudy Sunday game at Camden Yards. I have been, every time. I, I I remember one from a couple years ago, and it's part probably because they were so bad, and I was like, why are we here? <laughs> and it was a late July game. And I, I think I had worked late the night before somewhere, and I, I got maybe like three hours of sleep. I was, n- it's, it's a thousand degrees. We're sitting directly, we're in like the third row behind the first base dugout, so we're getting just murdered. I mean, murdered. And when I think of Sunday games at Camden Yards, it's exactly, I feel like every single one of them has been how I felt that day, which is I, I want to be dead. I don't want to be here right now. I want to be dead. Um, all that being said, <laughs> I do think it would be a good weekend for you to get out to the ballpark and, you know, maybe enjoy and celebrate a little bit of um, the fun that we have been having the last couple of weeks with the uh, the Baltimore Orioles playing quite well. So 
That's it. That's all. That's that. That's all. That's all I'm gonna. They got say. that pass now too for sixty bucks for every home game for the whole month. Is that for July? I thought that was for August. And oh, September. it's for August. Yeah, August. Yeah. There's well, you got to like buy there. It's by the month, but like August yeah. and September. Yeah, like, I thought it's, that it's was... getting exciting. It's it, no, I think it's a great idea. I think might a... be some very meaningful games that you can and, go to. And you for can go a good to all price. of them, 100. percent I think it's a great idea. I love that they're doing it. I'm all I'm on board with every ounce of that. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I just went over to Glory Days Grill yesterday because we can walk there now, which is so wonderful. Uh, my buddy Tim Barbalace from 1057 The Fan came and joined me. We went over sat at Glory Days Grill. In fact, I had an alcohol. Whoa. I had a single alcohol <laughs> yesterday. I had a gin and tonic. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have one, and it'll be my alcohol for the year. That'll be what I, that'll be what I consume. Um, love Glory Days Grill. Of course, the summer seasonal menu is available. The South Carolina barbecue chicken, the uh, lobster roll with the corn. They kept the opener around the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce still available. Um, the lot oh the crab and lobster fries. Come on, man! And they kept, how could you not? And they kept on the menu as well the uh, cracker jack sundae with the waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in. Find out more about what's on that summer seasonal menu by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. So as we mentioned, the Orioles do indeed begin the second half of the season tomorrow night by hosting the Yankees. Pretty big stretch here for a team if they're going to show that they can stay in this and be competitive um, these first seven games against the Yankees and the Rays. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about uh, to preview the second half of the season for the Orioles. He covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. He's our friend Nathan Ruiz, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Nathan, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, happy to do it. Hey, man. I am. How do you describe? How do you describe what has happened over the course of the last couple of months? How do you? Because it's what I'm struggling with is they're a bottom third of the league offense. Their pitching staff on paper, I know it's been really good in practicality, but it's hard to fathom that this can continue. How has this happened that the Orioles have played like this since Adley Rutschman's arrival? Yeah, I think it is a lot of disbelief on my end. I've covered this team since 2019, so I kind of came in. Obviously, you know, I had the fortune, I guess, of missing the 2018 season, but I've, I've kind of just had – I have the perspective of watching this team during its rebuilding period and not so much getting to, to see firsthand, um, you know, the, the success they had from 2012 to 2016. So – that era of Orioles baseball has kind of been all I really know uh, in terms of being around it. And, and so I, I'm kind of just like perpetually waiting for the wheels to fall off of things. And I thought <laughs> that might have happened um, in Minnesota earlier this month. You know, Jorge Lopez blows two consecutive saves. They get walked off against the Twins. I thought, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden they win 10 games in a row. So I, I think it speaks to them. You know, this is a different team. You know, we're all, a lot of people have talked to mention the pitching. A lot of people have talked how much better the pitching is. The pitching staff is basically completely remade. Like, Dylan Tate's the only reliever who, who was a primary reliever for them a year ago. So it's not as if guys are necessarily getting better. They have a bunch of different guys out there. You know, Jorge Lopez was a midling starter a year ago, and Felix Batista was climbing up their minor league system, and Brian Baker, Joey Crable, Sinal Perez, they were in different organizations. Right. So it's, it's a group of guys who, who – it's a completely remade pitching staff. And I do think, to your point, like, 
we, we talked a lot about how these are a bunch of waiver claim guys and who on paper aren't maybe, you know, the success is a surprise. And so I think there is an element of that where there has been a lot of, um, you know, good breaks. These guys are overperforming, but that's our perception. Maybe this is just who these guys are. Maybe the Orioles, um, you know, as they cycle through waiver claim after waiver claim after waiver claim over the last few years, maybe they figured something out. Maybe they say, this is what we need. This is the kind of guys we need to target, and this is how we can make them successful. On the offensive side, like to your point, they're not necessarily – there's no one really tearing the cover off the ball. Obviously, Adley Rutschman hasn't come up and, and, you know, been the savior maybe that everyone expected him to be, which how could he be? But obviously they've played better. Ryan Mountcastle's hit the ball really well over the last couple of months. But if you kind of look across the board, there's no one who's having a, you know, a Cedric Mullins-esque 2021 breakout season. But just really across the board, you know, these guys have OPSs between, you know, 750 and 800. Obviously, the bottom of the lineup has had some struggles, but you're still getting, you know, out of that group of guys. You know, Ramon Arias has come back and really turned it around. You know, uh, Rudy Odor is kind of credited as being their glue guy in that dugout and in that clubhouse. And Jorge Mateo has been incredible defensively. So, really, every guy is making some form of contribution. There's no one who's necessarily, you know, blown things away and, and being one of the best players in baseball. And we see that reflected in, in kind of all-star selections. But... It, it's kind of a, a much more collective performance than we've seen from any of the past few teams. It, it's a strange thing, right, Nathan, because the, the question from a lot of people is, well, can, can they keep this up? or can, Is there a bizarre world where they really could compete to like be in the playoff race and things like that? And it's easy for me to say, hey, that's unlikely, and that's the most – that's what I keep coming back to is I think that's unlikely. But there is – a couple of things you just alluded to. There is this weird thing where like I do actually think they could probably get more – from some of their position players and they've gotten and we've seen Adley Rutschman trend up as a hitter in the last couple of weeks and I, I I think it's unlikely but I don't know that they can't because I I actually think they could probably be better at least offensively than what they've been so far yeah there are definitely steps forward to be taken I, I you know uh, obviously they haven't like I mentioned gotten a ton of production from the bottom of the order and um, you know Ramon Arias is a guy who since he's been healthy has has been a really good producer they obviously have you know Taryn Vavra and Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson kind of waiting in the wings at AAA mm-hmm. you've got D.L. Hall there as well they, they can add to this team without necessarily being buyers of the trade deadline just by virtue of making a few different replacements and t- with prospects for some of these guys for maybe underperforming in other spots but uh, there are steps to be taken now I think the big thing to remember is this is a team in the American League East they are a 500 club and they're still in last in the division uh, all four other teams in the division there's no question. Like, no, I, I don't think with any of the other fan bases, there's talk of like, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Right. Like, how, maybe they're both. Like, I don't think that conversation is happening in Boston, Tampa, Toronto, or New York. Like, those four teams are going to be buyers. Those four teams are going to look to add and get better. Whereas there are questions of, are the Orioles going to do that? So even if they're maybe competitive right now, the fact they're in this division, the fact they're going to have to be going up against those four teams plenty during the second half, and especially this upcoming week, which is probably the most important week of their season in terms of determining how they're going to approach the trade deadline. I think there's just a lot of questions in terms of can they keep up? And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. I think they can keep playing well. They've obviously been far more competitive than they were over the past three years by a massive amount. But it's just a matter of can they keep up with those four big dogs? He is Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Nathan, you mentioned, um, you know, before I get, because we're going to get to the trade deadline, obviously, but just quickly, you mentioned D.L. Hall, you mentioned Gunnar Henderson in particular. Those are the two that are that are the, the most, you know, significant of the guys that could get calls. I, clearly, D.L. Hall, you know, stopping tipping pitches, that seems to be a really good thing because, my God, ever since he said that was the problem, he's been unbelievable. I, I, it's... I, you're starting, it feels like we're starting to get in the territory of what more. Like what? It doesn't. It feel like we're at the point now where 
Like, really, how many more times can he go out and just put up insane numbers and not be at the major league level? Yeah, I think we're definitely at that point. You look at his last four starts, he struck out half the guys he's faced, like literally 40 out of 80 batters he, who have taken a bat against D.L. Hall have struck out. And, and so he's a guy who's been on an absolute tear. He's had, he's had more starts at AAA than Grayson Rodriguez did before he got hurt. He obviously is a year older than, than Grayson was, having you know been drafted a year earlier. He does have some innings issues because he's had injuries prior to this year. But, I, you know... I do. I am aligned with you in terms of what more do the Orioles need to see, like especially if they want, you know, especially with how important this week is, like get him a start this weekend against New York. The Orioles have not announced their rotation yet for what this weekend series is going to be. Uh, Dale Hall is, you know, scheduled in terms of when he last pitched. He lines up, I believe, for Saturday. I'm not saying that's going to happen, okay. but it, it would make sense. It would create some intrigue. It would, you know, you got the home fans at Camden Yards. Like what a week it would be at Camden Yards for the Orioles to play the Yankees and the Rays. Trade deadline coming up. You call it Dio Hall. You're going to sign Jackson Holiday, I assume, and introduce him at some point during this next week. So there's there's a lot of excite, excitement building around Camden Yards. We saw it during the last home stand at the end between the wine shirt and the floppy hats and the winning streak. I think that there's a lot of momentum right now, and, and there's definitely an opportunity to add to it if you call up a guy like DL. I, I know there's a similar argument that can be made for Gunnar Henderson. It just feels like what we know about the Orioles is we're not going to rush. And in, and even in the middle of what's been the best stretch of baseball in, in recent history for this franchise, it's, it's just hard for me to fathom Mike Elias sort of deterring from the plan when it comes to Gunnar Henderson. Not to say he might not be here at some point this season. It just feels like they're not going to be forced. They're, they're not going to force their hand and say, well, we have to get him here now. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I, you know, I completely agree with you. You look at how they handled Adley last year. Adley was, was still in double A at this point of the season. It took until August for him to get moved up to triple A. So Gunnar's already a step ahead of him in that sense. Obviously a younger guy, a high school draftee. Um, so there's, there's some differences there, but I, I would love it personally if, if Gunner's up at some point this season, just from the standpoint of I had to spend all of last season writing about service time and when, what that might mean <laughs> for when Adley would debut. And obviously that question kind of got answered in spring training with his injury, yeah. but otherwise it would have been a, a storyline for all of March. And so, you know, if you get Gunner up, even if it's just for September, if you just let him, you know, get a taste, play some right. third base, or play some shortstop, however they decide to, and then it answers that He'd be the, you know, the opening day third baseman or shortstop next year. He's somewhere on the left side of the infield. Played a lot of third base this year, which is something to read into a bit, I think. But it, I think you get him up now at some point this year, even if it's just at the end of the year, um, and either signals that, hey, you know, we're really going for it next year. We're not going to have any questions on opening day next year of is Gunnar Henderson going to be on our, just the left side of our infield on opening day. Or it just signals, hey, we're still in it, and this guy can help us, and we're going to make a push for it. I, I, I am I think that's the way. I really do. I do think that's the way. Get him a taste, get him up here for a minute and sort of signify, hey, he's part of the plan for next year. Pen, we're gonna pencil him in for the plan for next year. Um I just don't think that they they rush just because it's so unlike Mike Elias to do something like that. Um, Nathan, let's talk about the deadline, obviously. I, I, I know the the name that matters to everybody is Trey Mancini. And I think that a lot of people have just sort of made peace with the idea that he's going to be dealt. I've continued to say it doesn't make sense to me, you know, short of them coming out and going like, Oh, and eight out of this and, and quickly realizing they're definitely out of it. I just don't think the return for Trey Mancini can be so significant that it's worth waving a white flag in the midst of what is a special stretch of baseball. Not that I think that they're going to compete to do something, 
I'm just down on trading Trey Mancini for the sake of trading Trey Mancini because I just don't see every organization has something like Trey Mancini. It's not that they wouldn't want him. I just think it's got to be a very minimal return that you're getting for him. Yeah, it's obviously a situation where the Orioles, or at least their fan base, values him more than any other organization would, which is understandable. You know, he's he's kind of the one who's been through all this. He's the last holdover from the 2016 team. Been around for a long time. Obviously, you know, an incredible person, an incredible story, overcoming what he overcame. Um, and, and for him to, to still be in Baltimore, to see this rebuild through, to be a part of this these, this winning streak, even if um, he doesn't kind of stick around to see the whole thing through, to see them make the playoffs, um, I think that he has a real appreciation for, you know, kind of the hands he, he would be leading things in, in terms of Mount Castle, Mullen, Hayes, obviously Adley. Um, I, I think, you know, you mentioned people being at peace with it. I think that includes Trey. Um, and that's, you know, a mindset that he's, he's kind of developed more so over the past few months than the past couple of years. So obviously, we've had these conversations since 2019 now. But it, it is a tough situation because you're not going to necessarily get a massive blow-away return. Um, I do think, you know, one consideration to make in this is that there are people who, every time Robinson Chirinos is the starting catcher, are very upset mm-hmm. that Hadley Rutschman isn't in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And obviously, part of that is that in, in putting Adley at, at DH – you are sitting one of Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Santander, or Trey Mancini. And that's not something that, understandably so, given um, who they are, that Brandon Hyde doesn't necessarily want to do every time. And so if you if one of those guys is no longer here, one of those guys meet Trey, that opens up at bats for Adley. Uh, you're going to open up an opportunity at the major league level, potentially for a Kyle Stowers, you know, someone who is kind of guaranteed these guys who are going to have five, six, seven more years in Baltimore who are going to be part of things as they uptick. Obviously, there, there is the PR hit, and that is going to be an element of this, and I'm sure it's something that is going to need to be discussed throughout the coming you know, two weeks. But at the same time, there is an understandability to it. You also look at it from like Trey's perspective. Trey, is, since he's come up, you know, he's, he's been in left field. He's been in right field. He's, he's DH. He's been a part-time first baseman. He's never really gotten the opportunity to be a team's first baseman. The position he played growing up, the position he take, played coming up the system – and so, obviously, you know, the, the hope is, is that, you know, from Trey's perspective, I assume, would be to go to a contender, be a regular first baseman. Because he's played really well there. Both him and Ryan Mountcastle have been really strong defensively if you look at, um, you know, outs above average and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, for Trey would deserve the opportunity to be a full-time first baseman and get that opportunity also to maybe play half of his home games at a ballpark that, that isn't designed to take home runs away from him. Hmm. And so, th- there's, like, obviously a, a lot of different factors here how they play over the next week, like you mentioned, will go a long way in kind of determining what the path is. There's nothing that says they can't kind of do a this and that situation. But, yeah, he's definitely the guy, the name to circle and the name to watch. I don't think there's any world in which they're trying to acquire like things. I just can't fathom that making sense for this team. But do you think there's a world in which there could be something more dramatic? I mean, I think we all would assume, hey, if they can get something for Jordan Lyles, they'll probably do that because Matt Harvey can pitch his innings at some point. Like, I think there's there's things that we just kind of all make that say that makes sense. But, you know, there are also people that will say, like, hey, you know, if somebody's offering you a haul for Austin Hayes, I'm listening. And, like, that sounds dramatic to me given where we think this team is headed the next couple years do you think there could be more dramatic moves that are made than just the guys who's, who's who are here short term? Yeah, I think anything like that, obviously, again, is a, a PR hit type of move where you it seems like things are trending in the right direction. I think people have started to circle 2023 on their calendars, whereas maybe before it was 2024. There is excitement building. And if you move a guy who is guaranteed to be part of that 2023 team and seem to be 
someone who is viewed as a core part of that 2023 team, then that puts things in question. And obviously, I think there may be some exceptions to that. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Anthony Santander, who has um, really improved in terms of his walk rates and getting on base and things of that sort. But he obviously, he just hasn't been the player that he was for 37 games in that yep. 2020 season, when he's the most valuable Oriole. He, like, isn't, he just hasn't been that player. And I think, you know, you have enough time since then to have an understanding of that. And even though he has multiple years of control left, there's that. Um, Jorge Lopez, I think, obviously a tremendous story as well. You know, throwing 99 since he's moved to the bullpen, just, you know, a, a tremendous story. But again, multiple years of control left. He's a reliever. Those type of things are very cyclical. You have a bunch of other guys pitching well. Maybe you just let Felix Batista become the ninth inning guy. And sure. Maybe take an opportunity. Um, the way their bullpen is pitched, you know, you have some some replacements available to kind of handle that situation. Um, and again, I think there are things where you can kind of move things. But if someone's going to come to you and say, Michael Ice is going to have those conversations, you know, you, you might see Cedric Mullen's name out there. You might see Austin Hayes' name out there. You might see someone else's name out there who surprises you. But I think at the end of the day, like, that's just Michael Elias doing his job and having right. those conversations. The amount it takes for a trade to actually line up and to happen, we talked about it last, last summer with, you know, Paul Fry and Tanner Scott. Their names are out there a lot. And obviously, those are two situations that went dramatically different directions. Yep. But I, I think that you just need to pay attention to – what happens before August 2nd, what actually happens, like whatever's out there rumor wise and, and things of that sort, like teams have conversations all the time. They're having conversations now, especially now that the draft's over, like focus is going to shift to that. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but if, you know, the Orioles have the opportunity, if someone is really desperate to add Jorge Lopez as like an eighth inning guy, then, and they're willing to give up, you know, someone that you like for it, then you do that. That's how this works. And it's unfortunate, but um, with the position the Orioles are in, you know, relievers especially, like I mentioned, like there's there's opportunity to replace them. We've seen that. Um, you know, they traded Cole Solcer and Tanner Scott, and we thought the world was falling apart. And then you look at how other guys have stepped up since. Yep. And I think it's kind of it could end up being a similar situation. Uh, just just to put a bow on this, I most of those things that you reference, I, I would be okay with if the and I say okay, like I, they clearly don't care about how I feel about this, nor are they going to ask. But I I feel like the thought now should be. If the what you're getting in return is something closer to major league ready, it feels like they should probably be out of the hey, we need more 19 year olds, we need more like you know, low level organizational depth. It feels like there's got to be an, an announcement of no, if we're making moves, it's to get guys that are a year away, that are, are closer to being ready to help us than continuing to stock the Delmarva and Aberdeen rosters. Yeah, and they've made trades like that previously. You know, they traded Alex Cobb for Jeremiah Jones, who was a guy who had appeared in the major leagues. So they're, obviously that didn't necessarily work out for either team particularly well, but that is a thing that they have done. I am, you know, on board with you. I don't think, um, you know, Trey Mancini, Mancini, you know, produces a Andrew Kastner-like return where it's two um, teenagers from the Dominican Republic who people have never heard of before or can't, yeah. you know, look at their stats with a quick Google search. Like, that's definitely going to be upsetting, and that's going to factor into the PR hit. Um you know, Michael Isis isn't going to trade Trey Mancini just to trade Trey Mancini. He's not going to trade Jordan Lyles just to trade Jordan Lyles. Like, he's going to look at this. Obviously, both those guys have options. Um, Lyles is a club option, so it's a little bit more under control. It's hard to imagine that both Trey, Trey's side and the Orioles' side are going to agree on that $10 million figure being an accurate assessment of his value, and then yeah. that option is going to be picked up, and he's been pretty clear about that since the beginning. But there, there's no, you know, necessities here in this process. So, um you know, Michael Elias has historically when someone is a pending free agent or is situated as a pending free agent and they're performing well, uh, they've gotten moved. You know, the exception is 
um, you know, kind of a Matt Harvey who had three really good starts to start the second half last year and then uh, wasn't moved because the rest of his starts before that weren't very good. He was also dealing with some some nagging things that eventually ended his season. Uh, and so that's to say, you know, Jordan Lyles, you know, is the exact type of pitcher that contending teams would love to add to the back end of the rotation. Someone who's going to give you five, six, seven, um, protect your bullpen, do it for the boys, as he says here. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy who makes a lot of sense for any contender just because he's that prototypical type of starter who gets moved. Yep. Um, but I don't think Michael Elias will move him necessarily just because they have to. Yeah. I mean, like that's every, it's boy, pitching is the, the great equalizer, right? Like it, it is always an asset. It is always anybody that can do that. You, you, there's always value there. Uh, Nathan, great stuff, man. I know it's at Nathan S. Ruiz on Twitter. Oh, by the way, how does it feel now to be like the second most important Oklahoma State person in all of Baltimore baseball? Like that's, did you take like a bit of a, a hit there this week? I, I think I needed that. I probably, you know, was getting a little too much on my high horse. And so for, to have to have Stillwater, Oklahoma, represented by Jackson Holiday instead of by me is definitely something I think the step up oil, for oil the baseball community probably needed. I like that. Uh, Baltimore Sun, BaltimoreSun.com. Nathan, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, sure thing, man. Really appreciate it. Nathan Ruiz checking in with us here on GCR. Um, you know, a, a couple of thoughts in response to all of that. Um, the side of it with Trey Mancini of, hey, well, he deserves to be a first. I guess the question would become, is the team that's trading for him, trading for him with the idea he's definitely playing first base every day? And I feel like that's the thing that I keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who's got that? Right. I, I feel like the team that's looking to acquire Trey Mancini is the team that's just looking for another bat. Just one more. Wherever we put you, we put you. We just want one more bat in the lineup. I struggle with there being a team that's just going to promise anyone that you're going to play first base. First, unless you're, insert Jose Abreu, right? Unless you're that type of player promising someone the first base job. First base typically is the job for the guy that you need to put there because they don't play anywhere else. Unless you're such an overwhelming bat that you demand getting every day at bats at first base. I struggle with who the team would be that would be acquiring Trey Mancini to de- like we always we've been talking so much about the Mets being that team. I don't know if you've heard they've got a first baseman. I'm not saying that to Nathan Ruiz. I, I get the point that he's making. I'm saying that more generically. The Mets are not acquiring Trey Mancini to play first base every day. They've got a guy. I think you've heard of him. He's that guy. He's Pete Alonso is what happens when a team has an everyday first baseman because the bat is so overwhelming that you have to do it. I don't know who the team is that doesn't really have a first baseman that could guarantee first base at bats and playing every day at first base and would give something up that's real to get Trey Mancini. I don't know who that is. And somebody might tell me, you know, like maybe Carson, maybe you can think of who that team is. I don't. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know either. And I think one other interesting thing is the San Francisco Giants might be sellers at the deadline. We'll see, and that puts Jock Peterson on the market. Now, that's an elite bat against righties who has played first base before. It didn't work out great, but yeah, he played. 
a good amount of first base for the Dodgers in his day when right. he was with the team, and that puts him on the market. And you know, just an interesting thing to think about with I, does Trey Mancini become the second? You know, does he he definitely takes a backseat to a guy like Jock Peterson at the deadline. Well, I mean, obviously, but I, I keep thinking about all the other teams that have been connected. A lot of people brought up the Phillies with Trey Mancini yet because you know they they could just be a team that could use one more bat. Sure, you you playing Trey Mancini at first base instead of Reese Hoskins? No, no. And again, I don't know. This is where I am. I don't. I don't follow every other team in baseball the same way. In fact, you can tell that I've. I've. The other day, I still refer to the trade deadline as being July thirty first, forgetting that this year it was going to be on on August second. Um, I, I guess because of the Sunday thing, and they don't want players playing in afternoon games, yeah. and they've they've tried to avoid that. The awkwardness of yeah, because like Austin Jackson literally got pulled out of center field. It's one happened game a lot. He got traded. It's happened a lot. So and and I'm guessing the reason being that on the first, there's probably some afternoon games scheduled because it's a Monday, it's a getaway day. Like so, they they decided to move it to Tuesday, so it'd be a day where there'd be no afternoon game scheduled, so there'd be none of that awkwardness of there being baseball games being played. I just utterly forgot about that when we were having that conversation the other day. Um, but I get why it is they're doing it. It was very uncomfortable when the trade deadline would be happening on a day where teams were playing games. It was extraordinarily uncomfortable for everyone. It is far better for it to be an, on a day where you know there's not baseball being played at the moment. Uh, of course, the irony of that being probably somebody will get rained out on the first and they'll schedule a game in the afternoon <laughs> right, and the second right. just to screw it all up. Um, th- perhaps there is. I'm not. I don't think it's impossible. There is a team that wouldn't just say, "Hey, we can give." I. I don't. The part about this where we talk about doing right by Trey, I don't know what the answer to that is because I know he loves it here. I know he loves the fact that he's getting to compete with these guys right now. The idea of once I think a lot of people forget the reason why Adam Jones didn't want to be dealt was because he didn't want to go somewhere where he wasn't going to be the everyday center fielder. Because he wanted to make sure he could still get a contract that offseason to play center field every day the following year. And what he feared was if the Orioles dealt him to Philadelphia, he was going to be one of four outfielders, and he wasn't going to be seen playing center field every day. And that that was going to make him less valuable to get another deal. And as it turns out, he only got one more year in Arizona, and that was it. But he did get the opportunity. I think it was like I think it was real money. I think it was a ten million dollar deal. He it was still something like that. Did get one more chance to go play another season of playing in center field every day. So I don't know what doing right by Trey means because I think most teams that would be interested in Trey would just be interested in a bat. We would like to add one more bat to our lineup. One more bat. That's an option, especially with National League teams having the DH. And I think that Trey would be fine with that. But is that all that different than the scenario that he found, that he has here? Maybe he's practical enough to say, hey, this is fun, but winning a World Series would be more fun. You know, it's the 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 Sean Fanning line from the social network, you know. You know, it's really cool, a billion dollars. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah it's fun to compete and it's fun to, to be playing good baseball, but it's way more fun to have a chance at winning a World Series. And maybe doing right by Trey would be, you mean to tell me that I could go to the Mets and Bucks there and Wayne Kirby's there. By the way, I don't think any of us knew about Wayne yeah, Kirby was... uh, battling cancer, and I think we all would say, God, we love Wayne Kirby. I mean, there's yeah. – I don't know that there's somebody that was never a player or a manager in a city that was more beloved in that city than Wayne Kirby in Baltimore. I mean, like, my God, the best. Um, so our thoughts are absolutely with Wayne Kirby and his fight, and it appears to be going well. 
Um, his daughter said some really nice things on on Twitter. You like to see that? Yeah, well, do you think it could come down to like Trey? Maybe says the only team I'd really be willing to go to is the Mets. Maybe, maybe the Padres. Possibly. Know. Maybe you know, like I don't, I, I don't. The Padres. You think about what his relationship with his Manny and yeah. does that Flaherty? Maybe you know, like <laughs> I. It's not like Flaherty and Nick Markakis where they were brothers-in-law. You know what I mean? I just don't. I don't know how personally close, and if that would be. I don't. I don't think that alone. I think the Mets would be unique. I think Buck would be unique because I think there would be a. Go back to the Adam Jones situation. Adam Jones trusted that Buck was going to put him in the lineup every day. He trusted that no matter what somebody above Buck said, Buck was going to put him in the lineup every day in center field. And even if somebody else said, "Hey, we want to we want to see Mullins out there." Buck was going to say, I make the lineup card. Adam Jones is going to be in the lineup. So maybe Trey Mancini would say, I'd be in New York because I'll trust that Buck will put me in the lineup somewhere every day. Whereas I don't know what would happen if I were to be dealt to, you know, in Philadelphia or insert one of these other situations here. I, again, I'm spitballing. I don't know who's interested in Trey Mancini. And there might be somebody that presents me the, here's the team that would be the perfect fit for him to get some like actual playing time at first base it, it ain't new york or philadelphia we know that much i, I just have to think again i'm sorry and carson that's Maybe gonna be like your assignment Cleveland. your assignment right now is poke around and see what the first base situation is for some of the other contenders okay, well i was kind of trying to think like, well, you got, you got hoskins at first base in philadelphia yes. and then for a uh nl central for the brewers they're leading you got rowdy telez at first base uh, you know the Dodgers. That's obviously that's sorted. Yes. The Mets. That's sorted. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of a first base situation. Maybe, where it's maybe open. Uh, the the Guardian, Cleveland, or uh, Minnesota. Potentially. Yeah, and but Minnesota, see, that, the, then the thing is, like, how big of buyers are they going to be? Right, and right. and it goes well, back I mean, to both the in it, like, but they're not World Series contenders, right? And that goes yeah. back to the question about doing Trey, right by Trey Mancini. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could play first base every day, but those teams aren't so much better than the Orioles that. Like I would think that you'd be in a rush to get the one of those team, teams. Yeah. And again, the Orioles don't owe it to Trey to do right by him. And that, and this is the part that's uncomfortable. If they're going to trade him, Mike Elias's responsibility is to do best for the Orioles in that situation. And if it's the Guardians who offer the best in exchange, that's his job, his responsibility, is to do the best for the Orioles in that situation. We, as fans, want to see if you're going to do this, do it to take care of Trey. And my response back would be, why would Trey Mancini want to be in Cleveland? Like right. what? Right. Playing possibly important games against the Orioles in potentially. August, I don't. I don't think Maybe. that would be the part that we get all that. Right. Yeah. Up but about. it's still interesting to think about. I think it's um, also interesting to think about. Uh, you know, where is? I think there's a lot of other teams that are selling who have assets that are very similar to Trey Mancini. Like the like the Pirates just said the Pirates just said Danny Vogel backs up for and and, the, and it, the, you know he's it, up on the market. It goes market. back to guys why, like that. Too. It goes back to why I've said all along that I don't get the Trey Mancini thing cuz yeah. I just don't think there's significant value for him and when I measure that against the value of riding it out and letting him, you know, giving it a shot the rest of the season, it's hard for me to see the return for Trey Mancini being so significant that it makes up for the gut punch that it will feel like on August 2nd if Trey Mancini is dealt. For like an A-ball pitcher, which is realistically probably what we'd get. Again, the flip side being, and I've said this two times, There's the, the, the simple argument math, mathematically that can be made. I wrote about this, I said it yesterday. The simple argument that can be made is Trey Mancini probably has a less than 1% chance of winning a World Series this season in Baltimore. 
if the asset that you get back, whatever it is, has even a 1% chance of being on a World Series winner in Baltimore, that's better odds than what it's likely that Trey Mancini has. So by simple math, you can still make an argument for taking that minimal return. Sure. The other side of it is, could you get something that can help you next year that isn't really a prospect? Could you do a different type of deal in relation to Trey Mancini? Could you get, if you're also thinking about dealing from the back end of your bullpen, if you're also thinking about dealing Jorge Lopez, could you get someone that could be a a leverage relief arm next year that can help this team that isn't a thought of prospect but is just sort of lost in the equation somewhere else? And you can make an argument that you can get someone else's CNL Perez by trading Trey Mancini. CNL Perez, of course, was available for anybody to have him. The Orioles just happened because the and the powers that were here were the same powers that Eve Rosenbaum, who talked, we talked about it with her a couple weeks ago, the assistant GM was the one that scouted and got CNL Perez to Houston. So there was a unique reason why they were interested in CNL Perez being here in Baltimore. And everybody that was in Cincinnati was like, enjoy this guy, watch him implode. Well, as it turns out, he's been really damn good this year. Now, whether he'll be good for three years, I don't know, because that's the cyclical nature of relief arms. So maybe in the world in which they deal Trey Mancini, instead of it being about a prospect, it's about saying, hey, we think we can fortify our bullpen for next year because there's another guy that we love, that we think the world of, and if we get into our program, he's going to help us, and we'll go get that guy instead. And we all throw our arms up like, really? Imagine if they had traded for CNL Perez last year, what our response would have been. People would have gone nuts. Well, what the F are you doing? Was CNL Perez been pretty good this year? It's been fantastic. So maybe that's the way that they go about doing it, is that it's not... Instead of it being a 19-year-old or a low-A you know, type of prospect, it's they go a different route in trying to fortify, ne- fortify next year's major league team in making a deal like that. And maybe they look at Jorge Lopez and say, Lopez is the guy that can get us prospects. He's the guy that can get us like a real asset. And if we can use Trey Mancini to help make up for the loss of, of Jorge Lopez next year, then we think that we've done pretty well here. Again, it would be deflating because... You're competing right now. And this conversation does become wildly different, as I keep saying. If you lose six of seven to the Yankees and the Rays, the air is going to come out of the balloon. Yeah, we can revisit this in like right. after these two series. And yes. The, it's going to go one way or the other. Yes, we'll, and we're going to have yeah. a conversation then, and we're going to you know talk about it more at that point. Um, but if they flirt around 500 in those games, it would be very deflating for this to lead to them dealing multiple pieces come August 2nd. Into hour number two of today's program. Stan the Fan will be back uh, tonight. They're going to preview the big national sports card show. If you're into the hobby, man, there is this huge event in Atlantic City. It's called the National. Ray Schulte is the man behind all of it. Um, He's going to join Stan tonight. If you missed uh, Stan's draft recap show earlier in the week with uh, Zach and Danny Black, you can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash video. When we come back in, we're going to talk about today's think tank topic, how do we define this success, and we got to get to young youths. So that's all on the way as we continue in hour number two of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year. The 17th annual All-America Lacrosse Boys and Girls Senior All-Star Games will be on Saturday, July 30th at Johns Hopkins Historic Homewood Field. This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, we continue on a Thursday edition of the program. Let's do some sports talk for a change. Why don't we try that right now? See how that uh, suits us. I got a think tank question for you today at Glenn Clark Radio, and I got to be honest with you, you guys are struggling with this one. Unlike, like, you're, you guys are struggling more than you struggle for Would You Rather Wednesday. Um, this is a very simple question. I just ask you to put some thought into it. What I want to know, um, and we'll go around the table, and then we'll get to some of your responses. What I want to know is, given where we are, and considering everything, considering where we thought we might be, considering what's happened to get to this point, being realistic, 
how would we now define what success would be for the 2022 Baltimore Orioles? What would need to happen, that this, as I painted the picture, we all get back together, drink some pumpkin beers on Halloween, and I ask the question, hey, do you guys think this was a successful season for the Orioles? What needed to happen in order for that to be the case? Griffin, I'm going to let you start. All right. Um, I, mean, I guess you might not love my answer. I mean, honestly, it already feels like a huge success. But to what me. do you feel that way if they went four and thirty-two? Though that's that was a, what I was about that's, to say. I was yep. like, the only thing that could honestly change my opinion is if they go four and thirty-two. To, I mean, if they go five and thirty-one, honestly, really, <laughs> <laughs> really. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really fun season. And, and finish the year 26 games <laughs> under 500 and Griffin's like this was a hell of a year man what yeah, a year I mean, this think, was yeah if, if they win you know 70 plus games I think that's really honestly all it takes for me um it's because it's, it's been so much fun it, it they did so what 70 they'd win another 25 games like that'd still be very exciting I think um it, it'd be disappointing for them to f- fall off that that sharply but uh but, but I mean to see all these young guys that have been having a lot of fun here during the summer and and just know that you know looks like we're in really good hands moving okay. forward. So okay. Carson Weekly, uh, I'm gonna say a couple things. I'm gonna say uh, 70 wins would be successful for me. Okay, and the bullpen needs to hold up. And I know there's possibility maybe dealing some guys. I'm just talking about the guys that we're gonna. Why have. is it that the bullpen is so important to you? That's an interesting question. Why is it that to you the bullpen is so specifically important? Well, I think I would oddly say that's the part that would be forgivable to me. Like the part that would be forgivable is if they started to fall apart because the bullpen kind of came apart. That's baseball. Like ba- Bullpen is, is like... You have to I, rebuild I, your bullpen every year anymore. I'm like, probably the in the goes. minority here, but the bullpen is like arguably probably the second most important thing to me in if I'm managing a baseball I, team. I... Okay, so I would say... Starting pitching coming first. I would say... It comes before offense. In building a team year by year, I might understand what you're saying. What I would say more is for the long-term health of this team, I don't... B- I am very much as exciting as the bullpen has been this year. I don't believe that three years from now, any more than maybe two yeah. of these guys at most are part of it. It's true. It's the nature of bullpenning and ba- the bullpen concept in baseball is that you're constantly. It would be so. So I, I would just say, if the bullpen fell apart, but Rutschman and Mountcastle and Hayes and Gunnar Henderson and you know insert name then were all then I still success. I would feel far differently about the record based on those things, it would be easier for me to say, hey, the bullpen was swimming way above its head mm-hmm. to begin the season. That was never practical. And they didn't they didn't put a bullpen together this year planning to try to go win with it. They just kind of got lucky the way that it worked out for a little while. That was always going to come back. They've got to prioritize that moving forward. I would I would be at better peace with the whole picture for the Orioles in the years to come, if the bullpen if, was the if the bullpen was the culprit and them losing games down the stretch, that is true. My last thing was that I think if Adley hits two forty, I'd be very satisfied. Very with that. specific yeah. on two forty. Well, it's just very like specific. well, two fifty is a little more a little too ambitious for me. Uh, I think where I think he where is, he's at yeah, right it, now, it, if it, he can, because he's starting he's starting to get it. You yep. can see that he's definitely starting to There's get no it. He's starting to really drive the ball. And if he can get up to 240, I'd be very satisfied okay. with that. All right. I like that. Some responses that have come in. John Little Rock, a successful O season at the finish would be that all of their prospects continue to progress and the team competes hard every game and hit at least 75 wins. So he's a little bit ticked up from where you guys are and says 75. Not too far, though. Um, yeah, 70 to 75. It's not dra- dramatically different. 
Um, from but, but, but from Ian. Ian says, "Sorry, I'm losing it here. I got a lot going on. Uh, health from all the major prospects. Good news on the Grayson front, and staying anywhere between 500 and seven to ten games under. So that's that's in the neighborhood of 75 as well, right? I'm trying to do the math. Ten games under 500 would That'd be, be 71 a, and no, that would be no. that would yeah, be yeah, 20 yeah. games under 500 if yeah. you were 71 and and 90. Seventy-seven. Yeah, somebody in the but somewhere in that neighborhood of seventy-five wins would be about ten games under five hundred. So that that kind of checks out. Finding some common ground here. Yeah, I mean that's. But I I, I'm going to get to that in my response here in a second. Because if you guys listened yesterday, you know what my answer is. Um, from Dave. Dave says, Glenn, it's tough for me because it's definitely not the playoffs, but it's also not that they fall apart and that this was nothing more than an aberration. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about this just being a season in which they played three months of good baseball and not really that they truly turned the corner. I don't know. It's tough to define. I think I understand what Dave's saying. I think it's difficult to define, right? I think we would all be able, if we're paying attention, we'd all be able to say, like, oh, boy. And what concerns me is that some of the players that we do believe are part of it aren't really having great seasons, right? Like Austin Hayes is having a great season. Who else among the guys that we think could be a part of this long term would we say are having a great season at the major league level? Santander's producing home run wise, but like yeah. over, I agree, with, I agree with you. Season. I agree with There's you. No overall, he's, he's not, not having, having a great, great season. No. No. Um, so to that point, if we get to the end of the year. And they go through, they get mired in a, a bad slump, wins and losses-wise, to end the year. And it kind of falls apart. And we get to the end of the year and we say, well, who are we really excited about going into next year? And we're like, uh... Austin Hayes. Yeah, <laughs> or the guys that aren't here yet, right? right like, right, that's what we're right. really excited about. Right, and that's then, just the same thing that... Then I could understand. It's uh, Dave not... I, Dave, I get what you're saying, and I, I hope that I'm saying it in a more a clear way, but what he's saying is it's it's difficult to define by a record. It's different. It's just the feeling of getting to the end of the year and looking around and being like, hey, what are we excited about for next year exactly? And it's not any of the players that we saw at the major league level this year. That we all, you know, we, we still think Adley Rutschman's going to be better, and we still, but it's, there's, we don't have confidence that someone that we believe is part of this thing for three to five years is definitely proving they're a high-level Major League Baseball player. Um, Unless Mullins, like, really turns it on here. Because then it'd be two solid right. years in a Mullins row. Mullins is the one guy like, that we've seen do it before that we could say, hey, we, we know he can do it, right? Mountcastle's like, got to continue. I That's what I think Dave's saying. I think yeah. what he's saying is you can't both go through a significant number of losses and have the guys that we believe to be part of it um, become problematic over the course of the next couple of months. From Chris. Chris says, uh, Glenn, very specifically, there can't be a significant losing streak in there. I can deal with them losing more games than they win the rest of the way, but if what's involved is an 8-12 to game losing streak in the process, that to me would be a statement about this team not really being ready for prime time. Uh, okay, I mean that's a really weird kind of way of saying it. That's just baseball sometimes, though. It is, know? but I get what he's saying is, 
you almost accidentally win games. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, like losing it's, 10 in a row. It's, it's hard to lose yeah. 10 to 12 games in a row. Now, you say that. We watched the Orioles lose, what, 19 straight games last year? Something like that. Um, <sighs> That's like, hard it's, to fathom. It's hard to lose that many games consecutively. And it might, when something like that happens, remember a year ago when they were going through that, we started talking about like, hey, we don't think this is Brandon Hyde's fault, but like at some yeah. point you get to a point where you just have to change managers because the stench of something like that is very difficult to get out of. Well, as it turns out, no, they didn't change managers and they've gotten rid of that stench. But I get it. When you go through a prolonged losing streak, it becomes very difficult for everyone. It's sort of in your DNA now. It's like what the Nationals are going through. And they're my, they're talking about getting rid of Martinez. And that's totally off topic of the Orioles, but I, yeah, I don't, it's I, it's the same thing. That's I don't on. I don't I certainly don't care what they do, but they've got they've got a lot of problems. They do. After those two long uh, winning streaks that we had last year, I was actually at both games where they snapped it and like finally won. I was at both get both games where they. So what you're saying is, if they were to lose like three games in a row, we should send you to the game. Yeah, we, yeah sure. To yeah, try yeah. to press box will send me right. Make sure yes. that you're the one that can change things. Yeah, that's that's, that's the concept of what you're that's saying. That's good to know. Should be that simple. I'm in favor. I'm in favor. If they lose, if they get swept by the Yankees this weekend, Griffin, I will make sure that you're at the game on Monday night. All right. In Ten dollar in Tampa, right? No, it's at oh, home. It's, home? it's, it's home. at home. Ten dollar bleachers. Right. It's oh, at home. oh yeah, I'm not getting you a nice ticket. No. <laughs> I, just I mean, hey, the bleachers are nice. Ten dollar bleachers. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm like, I can get him standing room only. I don't care. The point <laughs> is that he said he was there. I'll go on the eBay and get a or whatever it is. Where is Seat Geek? Seat Geek, something like that, and get a five dollar ticket. Seat Geek from. up charges, man. Like f them, then. I'll get whatever it is. I'll go I to the, the best. I think the best bet is just go to the gate. And yeah, yeah. Somebody out there and just say, "Give me the cheapest thing." Correct. That's that's what we'll do in that situation to make sure that you're at the game. Um, Sounds good. From Tom. Tom says, doo, doo, doo. Glenn, maybe I'm a bit more bullish than everybody else, but I almost feel like if they're not within a couple of games of 500, I mean like in the neighborhood of 79 wins, it'll be hard at this point for me to consider it a successful season. They've got to prove that they can build off of what they've done, not that they're going to revert back to being the team that they've been in the past. I mean, 79 wins is not all that different than 75. You know what I mean, Tom? Like, I'm not, I don't think you're being wildly bullish. I think it's not fair i think it's impractical but if what you're saying is i'm just changed the way that i feel about it that i'm not going to accept incremental anymore i mean i that's fine i mean i i i don't think it's fair but i i hear you and then from ryan not ryan chill another ryan checked in this morning uh ryan says the only way this season will not be successful is ironic. They go into something like a four and thirty-two tailspin. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's already proven to be successful. I, I think we're being very dramatic in saying four and. Th- I think there are other ways that it could fall apart that doesn't involve it being four and thirty-two. Yeah. That we would say, I don't know. I don't know if we can consider it a success. But I get the what you're saying is that it's got a utterly fall apart for me to feel like it was not a successful season i've i've said a couple times and it's why the question came up for me today i'm very clear about what i think success is success is for this team do they play meaningful baseball games in september if this team on labor day where they're at home on an afternoon game and has a packed crowd to see them play the Toronto Blue Jays in a meaningful baseball game this is a successful season So now when you say meaningful does that does that mean like Five games out of a wild card spot yeah, within and, in the yeah. conversation, okay. like relevant enough that people have to be there for that game. I I'm trying to think of, I, I I remember there being a Labor Day game, either in twelve or was it seventeen? Oh yeah, well, yeah, I think 17. it was twelve. No, seventeen, 12. we were close. Well, no, twelve. You think of of course the the Yankees, um, the Yankees game yeah, okay. on the sixth. You think of the yeah. Cal Ripken game, right? The statue game, right? 
Um, one of those years, I just it wasn't a particularly important game. I just remember being there on Labor Day because I had a, my my childhood best friend was down from Brooklyn where he lives now, and he was like, "Dude, we got to go to the game." And I just remember like it was the first time that you're like, "Shoot, you're right." Well, I just remember saying like, "Can I get a ticket?" Like yeah. oh. th- it was a massive crowd. It was insane. It was a packed crowd for a Labor Day game. I'm not saying utterly sold out. I'm not saying that, right? Like, that's so rare anymore that, you know, you got to play really, you got to be getting to the playoffs in order for something like that to occur at this point. But if 30,000 people were there on Labor Day to watch, and I believe it's the Blue Jays, I believe it's the Orioles and the Blue Jays, because the Orioles were still in it enough, they were, as you point out, four or five games back of a playoff spot, very much in the conversation, the Blue Jays we expect are going to be in the conversation. And there was an atmosphere and a vibe and a Labor Day game that people felt like they had to be at. Dude, that's success. That's, we could not have dreamed of that before the season began. That is wild success to me. So that's how I'm defining success for this team. That's how I've moved it. In fairness, that wasn't where I felt before the season began. Success before the season began would have been like, they win 68 games. That's probably successful yeah. at this point. Yeah, and like maybe get Grace in a start in September. Right, or something. something along those lines. Adley Rutschman comes up and, and looks like looks the part, right? Yeah. Like anything like that might have been defining success. I'm saying now very specifically, Labor Day. You get the Labor Day, and you're playing a meaningful baseball game in Baltimore on Labor Day, you can lose... 10 out of your last 17 games, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 out of your last 16. Going 7 and 10 in 17 games actually isn't all that bad. Whatever it is at that point, the rest of the way, you could struggle, and I would say, the hell with it. You played a meaningful... It would be disappointing, obviously, to get sure. to get that far and then have it fall apart, but then getting to Halloween and looking back on it, mm-hmm. say, we got to experience a massive crowd, huge atmosphere, Labor Day baseball game in Baltimore... It's all gravy from there now, for this team. Do you think it's possible we're being like too light on them? Like we're we're making our expectations yeah, too somebody, low. Somebody, so that we can somebody, hope that they... somebody said yeah, whoever it was uh, brought up the bullish thing. Was that Ryan? He said I I, I think I'm more bullish about it. Mm. I, I, no, I don't. I think we're being reasonable. Well, my thing because I w- I was about to compare us to the Mariners of last year. Uh huh. But and, and I look up for some reason I forgot. But they won 90 games last year. Mm? And thinking about but they weren't playing we the AL East. That's true. True. And 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 now look at where the Mariners are, and they're nine games above five hundred. They're firmly in a wild card spot right now in the wild card race as we enter the second half. And I think that's like where we would want to be next year. And the Mariners went out and signed signed some bats. They mm-hmm. signed some, some yes. guys. They got Robbie Ray. They, like, they, they declared like, that they want to be. We want to be the Mariners. And I think maybe should we be aiming? You we have to be I, above five hundred. I think, I think it's unfair to say that based on the division that you're in and based on the yeah. unbalanced schedule that you play in that division. Because right. when they're playing. You know, now somebody right. would would point out like, hey, they do have the Astros, you yeah, know, like in true. their division. It's it's not, and and a year ago the Athletics were still better than they are now. Um, you know, like they, the Rangers were not very yeah, good. Rangers and, were awful last and, year. And yeah. and the Angels just, the Angels get to be their own when they do those like tears. <laughs> just, the Angels are just their own thing. Or like good players somehow stink. It just you'll never yeah, be able to make right. it make sense. I think Mike Trout was injured for a lot. Yeah, last that's year. true. Last yeah. year, that's true. Um. I think the division does change. You have to be reasonable about it. It is very, very difficult. These next seven games are going to be very difficult. We can't get around that. 
Um, they didn't get, embarrass themselves against the Rays in three games in Tampa, but it was a reminder that, like, you I mean, letting up the, home runs to these guys batting 100. Yeah, like, and yeah, I mean, Brett Phillips hitting that three run jack. That, yeah, I, yeah, that, that was, it was hurt. It was brutal. Yeah, that I hurt. Agree, I agree with you. It was brutal. I just, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to say in this division that's who you're going to be. I do think it's a reminder, too, of why it's going to be more difficult in the next couple of years because the division's not going anywhere. Maybe the Red Sox, but they're. Like they just seem to be unwilling to spend money, and so like maybe they can come back to the pack a little bit, but they also don't appear to be in a rush to get rid of Raphael Devers. Like they don't appear to be in a rush to. I mean, they just signed Story. Like right, I like I think yeah. they're going to try to keep competing. They're just going to try to keep competing. It's their pitching, I guess. That's yes. Right. And they got Jeter Downs that just came up. That's Who's true too. Very that's capable. That's true too. The There's way. no doubt about the that. The bat needs to come around, but so I don't see anywhere in the division where like it's. Here's how we know it's going to get easier in the coming years. I guess if the Yankees do let Aaron Judge walk, at least they won't have Aaron Judge. Still, you know, like, you know they're going to replace. That's him, true, though. right? They're just going to go out and get somebody else. I hear yeah. you, um, but I mean nobody else is Aaron Judge this season. Yeah. Let's be clear. Like there, you can't replace Aaron Judge <laughs> this year because there's we, who could possibly do Mike Trout can't replace Aaron Judge this year. This year, Aaron Judge is the most insane thing we've ever seen. Um, it's gonna be tough. So I I hear your maybe your the comparison. Yankees need a first baseman because uh, Joey Gallo's thanks. We're not talking, Rizzo. We're not talking <laughs> about. We're not talking about the Yankees. We're not doing. I, that, there's I can't. My God. My God. You think it, you think people are gonna be mad about trading <laughs> Trey Manzini? That would be <sighs> not not be okay. All right. Um. Let's do this. Continue to get your responses. By the way, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we'll talk about that as a today's think tank. How would you define success for the 2022 Baltimore Orioles? Oh, the last note. Everything else was good. It was Very good. good. It was really good right up to the last note. Just Damn. a little a little bit of rust for a couple that weeks. That might be what it is. Uh, Young Utes brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. You know that's the best place to be to watch and bet on every major sporting event. Baseball comes back. And I keep telling you, start thinking about what your football plans are going to be, where you're going to spend your Sunday afternoons, where you're going to spend your Monday nights, where you're going to spend your Thursday nights, and becoming regulars and maybe reserving tables and spots to hang out, watch, and bet on football games. I don't know if you guys have heard. You still can't bet on your phone yet. Still can't do it in the state of Maryland. But you can hang out and become regulars in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Great food, incredible atmosphere, 100-foot media wall. If you're worried, like, hey, I don't want to commit to being somewhere on a Monday night because, like, hey, what if there's a meaningful baseball game being played at the same time? Not a problem. They'll have them both on giant, gorgeous screens right there in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Events at sportssocialmd.com. Maybe you're not sure you're ready to commit, like you and your buddies being there every Thursday night, but you want to talk about it, like, hey, you know, what would be available for us, all that sort of stuff. That's what you do. I keep telling you the best place to host your fantasy draft would be in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Plan it for that first weekend of college football. Not week zero. Week zero is not great. It's not really, not, but week one. Well, we were looking at it earlier, weren't we? And it was kind of somewhat ze- enticing. There's, no, week zero has some games, but they're not. There's nothing about week zero that's. Like, there are more games than typically are. Week zero in the past was, like, one game. Um, yeah. This year, there's, like, ten. But 
I think there was one game in like Dublin that was like kind of okay. Yeah, no- Nebraska Northwestern might be the best game of Week Zero, and that ain't that ain't a good game. It just happens to be a Big Ten game that they're playing in Dublin. The other games in Week Zero are Nevada New Mexico State, Austin P Western Kentucky. Oh, I know you never Bet you never that. miss it when Whoa. those teams get together. Idaho Take State over UNLV. Uh, yeah, uh, UConn Utah State. Wyoming, Illinois, which, by the way, might actually be the best game of Week Zero. That's not a bit. Wyoming, Illinois might be the best game of Week Zero. Duquesne, Florida State. Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. Florida A&M, North Carolina. North Texas, UTEP. Vanderbilt, Hawaii. That, that, that might be that, the best game. That's, an in- that's probably the most interesting. That'll be the that only be the game won at 11 p.m., so you'll be betting on that. That's true. Um, that's not the weekend. The following weekend, Labor Day weekend, week one of college football season, you should be holding your fantasy draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook while you can bet on what is a great slate of games that particular weekend. Obviously, not only are like Maryland and Navy in action, which is cool, but there are some really good games. I think you Oregon, got Utah-Florida that weekend, uh, I think. Oregon-Georgia. Yep. I, seems like a pretty good game to me. Seems like maybe a game that would be cool to be hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook, drafting your fantasy football team and betting on Oregon-Georgia that day. Maybe a small suggestion that Glenn might offer to you that you take to heart. You pointed out Utah, Florida. Um, that's not a bad one. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. That seems like a, a, a okay game to hang out, drive some football players, and bet on a game. Buffalo, Maryland. Yeah, you can't miss that. <laughs> Throw out all the records when those teams get together. That's the way that it's always worked. Um, events at sportssocialmd.com is the website or the email if you want to commit. Um, and reserve your spot, perhaps, for uh, that weekend to get your fantasy draft done. All right, what are the young Utes talking? Oh, Cincinnati-Arkansas is a sneaky good game that weekend, too. That's a sneaky yeah, good game. Yeah, it is. A test, that's a test for Arkansas. I believe it's the mm-hmm. battle for Greater Baltimore as well, Morgan State and Towson. I, I, is there? Do we know that there's TV for that? It, sh- it was on ESPN Plus last year. I don't well, know. I mean, sure, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. I just don't know if they're going to be streaming that. Yeah. In the I don't want to make promises that I can't back up. They'll have the big Could games. Could go, on. and then... Yeah, do both. I'm with you on that. I look, and trust me, I love Towson Morgan. I think it's great that they play in that game. I just, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't want to make it. You know, I don't okay. want to okay. say okay. something that I can't. Well, we got to tell them to get right and make sure, make sure you got it on. I'm with you for that. All right, what are the young youths talking about? Uh, so the first thing. Uh, so yesterday night, some pretty exciting news. Uh, Beyonce came out with Did the you track say list. Yesterday night. Is that a is that a thing that yesterday, you said? Yesterday evening, yesterday night. I mean, most yeah, people just say last night. night. Is normally the way so, that we, most humans say. <laughs> I say I'll last I night. I say yesterday night from time. Yesterday do, evening. Do you or are you yesterday, just saying that yesterday now? Yesterday morning. Because I caught you. Yesterday morning makes sense. You don't say last morning. I say yesterday. You would night say sometimes. yesterday. No, you don't. You're just saying that now because I caught you I saying promise. it. You're being defensive. Nobody <laughs> says that. You're an alien. Nobody says yesterday night. Of course, you can never say last night ever again. Yeah, now you've got to commit to the, it's got to be a way rest, of life yeah. so you can try to be like I've always said that somebody caught me when I when I say folks it's of course folks is how you're supposed to say it and so the first time I ever said it I was like no it's just what I say and I literally have committed for the rest of my life I say folks and like people might think it makes me dumb it's just what I'm going to say deal with it folks sure. is how I say it go ahead so uh Beyonce yesterday night track list uh, by the way I, I think I was gone when the song came out no I hadn't left yet when the song came out the song is so incredibly good I'm, I'm a hit. I loved the early Beyonce stuff. Mm-hmm. If I heard "Crazy in Love" right now, I jump up on the table. It's jam and a half. MTV Jam of the Week. It's insane. Lemonade was not for me, right? It. I. I know it was incredible art. 
and like even if sometimes I might bop along to jealous or crazy. Like jealous or crazy. I'd rather be crazy. Like I might hear it and be like, yeah, it's still good. But it just wasn't for me. This song, best song I've heard in years. It's so insanely good. And the album. You break my soul. Yeah, I'm telling everybody. I'm so in love with this song. I can't. It's been three, whatever it's been, three weeks. Something and I like haven't that. stopped it from heavy rotation. I have not. Like, I will be at the gym and something else will come on the playlist. And I'll be like, you know what? I'd rather hear that song again yeah. right now. And then, because like the club beat, they, it's very, it's a very Baltimore club music song. Um, and like the, the release, your, release your mind, release. And then you'll find that guy at the end. I just want to hear that guy a hundred more times. He's got me all fired up. I'm jacked. Like, yeah, yeah, Beyonce, yeah, Queen Bay. Like, I'm all of a sudden, I'm that guy. That song is so insanely good. We need to thank our lucky stars that we are alive at this time. Yeah. The album's titled Renaissance. It comes out July 29th. If it's more of this, it's going to be the greatest thing that's ever recorded in the history of music. It, this is, we are not talking enough because this is how our society works. We don't let anything breathe for, for like, we just move on very quickly. Sure. We're sick of it. We are not talking enough about the greatness of this song. This is a a top five great song of the two thousands. It's that good. Sorry, I'm no, it's fine. A little bit. It's I feel that good about it. I I'm glad that the young youths care about this because I don't. I never know when someone moves on, and now like all we talk, care about is Saweetie now. Like, and no one moves on faster people. than the young youths. The young youths quickly. So they like, just... I mean, but that's the reality of it. Like Beyonce is is my generation. Like, we grew up with Destiny's Child. We grew up with Beyonce. So people 20 years younger than me, I'm kind of surprised, care about Beyonce the same way. But I get it. She's a larger-than-life pop culture figure. She's, you know, the, the queen, all those things. And Jesus Christ, I can't. We are not talking enough about the greatness of this song. It is, it is so insanely stupid good. Go ahead. All right, number two. So, so when's the album come out? Uh, July the 29th. I don't feel like waiting that long. <laughs> don't that's that's another eight days. Yeah, eight days. I'm not good with that. I want it tomorrow. I want it immediately. What can you do about that? Maybe she'll it, give us a single tomorrow. It used to be yeah. because I when I was in radio radio, like it used to be that I would get albums a week ahead of time. Oh wow! Like emailed to me like in this like, encrypted way that like only I could listen to them, and I'd be like, you know, I work in sports, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna do anything with it. But I get like the Mumford and Sons album would be sent to me like a week ahead of time because I worked in radio. I'd be like, and I was a program director, so. I guess there's just a like program director directory somewhere, a program directory uh, that existed, and everybody just got sent all these. And I was like, "Ooh, this is great! I'll listen to this." And you know, I loved it. So I need to find out how to get back on that list to get the Beyonce album a little yeah. bit early. God, I'm excited about that. Next, all right. So number two. Uh, so at the Home Run Derby. Uh, By the way, uh, the, hang on a second. Okay. Last week while I was gone, and because I couldn't access new music while I'm gone, like that's mm. the one of the on the cruise. You can't stream something. You had to, right. before you got on the cruise. I had to download all my playlists Jeez. in order to have them in the gym. By the way, I'm still struggling to adjust to working out. Like it, it took me a day to figure out. It's weird working out on a cruise. Like you're on a boat. And like, <laughs> yeah. You can like feel the movement. You can a hundred percent. It's everybody. People deal with like serious seasickness and right. like they take Dramamine and all that stuff. I didn't deal with any of that. Like every now and then I would be sort of walking down the hallway and I'd be like, whoa, and I'd sort of fall that. Like, like and that'd be the extent of it. When I was in the gym on the cruise, which is, they put it at the front of the boat. It's immaculate. It's just, it's so beautiful, right? Um, I'd start getting on the elliptical for a little while, and suddenly I'd be like, whew, my <laughs> equilibrium would be all over the place. I'd be like, yo, hello, whoa. And I've been, you know, doing a lot of that stuff. 
I adjusted to it very quickly, right? It's been weirder coming back. I have felt dizzy all week since I've been back. In fact, I looked it up, and there's like a term for it. It's like debarkation syndrome or something like that. So it's like sea lag, not jet lag. Something like that. I don't know exactly how to explain it. It is really weird. Well, it's kind of like a... But particularly are, when I'm at the gym. When, I'm at the, when I've been at the gym this week... You feel very wobbly. I'm telling you, like I feel huh. more wobbly now wow. when I'm not on the boat than I felt, say, like last Thursday when I was in the gym and on the boat because I adjusted to it pretty quickly. It's very right. That's it's interesting. Very well, it's kind of like... Uh, have you guys ever been able to... like If you've ever been, like, been in the ocean swimming uh, yes. like at Ocean State or whatever and then you can feel the waves... Like, oh, like, yeah, 100%. Like on you, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. When you're... Yeah. For some reason, when I'm laying in bed that night yeah. after swimming, yeah. oh, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Like, I 100 percent felt like that. that. I brought it up because I started seeing people tweet about a new Justin Timberlake song last week, and I was like, "Oh, well, that piques my interest." Let's go take a look. I'm all in. It's I, unless there's something else. All it is is like a song he did with Calvin Harris. It's terrible. It's awful. It's dreadful. Yep. It's it's right. it's worse than the the country stuff that he did on his last record. That like. I didn't understand. Yeah, it's only got about six million plays, which is for which, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, song. for Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I mean, right. Let's just I, to put this I, in perspective. I guarantee "Can't Stop the Feeling" had a lot. That's more That's what by I was about point. to say. So to put that in perspective, yeah. "Can't Stop the Feeling" has one point four billion. Well, yeah, plays. but I mean, again, that's been around for a few years. Well, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm within just, the first week, I'm right. going to guess that already had because it was it was brilliant. It was a perfect song. Yeah. It was flawless. Maybe it's it a summer song. Yes, it, maybe it hasn't held up quite the same way. Like. Because kids really got into it. It's become more like a song for your kids to listen to. It's agreeable. But at the time, when we all heard it the first time, we all said the exact same thing. Banger and a half. Sure. A banger and a half. He's the goat, right? We all said the same thing the first time we heard Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, this song stinks. Have you heard it? It's not good. I don't think I have listened to it. It's just, I don't think I have. It's, maybe, it's, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's... it's it. it I mean, I typically like Calvin so. Harris. And, I, so. and, and what drove me nuts is I had to spend, like, there was a five-day anticipation for me because I heard about it on Wednesday. <laughs> so you're waiting. there's nothing your I can do up. about it because I can't stream anything because I'm on a cruise. And I, the only internet package you get is for, like, email and social. You can't, you can't stream anything. So oh, I'm, like, Halsey. waiting. And, oh, yeah, Halsey's on it, too. You're, like, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I get to it, and I'm like, this? This? <laughs> this is what I built up five days for? Here, I'm going to play a little bit of it. What are we going to do? You kicked off at the end of the show. Right? <laughs> uh, what's the, what's the song called? Stay uh, with me. Yeah, it's called. It's called. Like, called it's album called covers like orange. Stinks. That's what it should be called. You're into it. You like this, Griffin. You like this. I, I don't know. I like the other one. The other Calvin Harris song. This is a couple weeks ago. And I say it stinks. It's fine. There are worse songs, certainly, but for a new Justin Timberlake, for for me to hear new Justin Timberlake song, and then this is what I get, it's just nothing. It's fine. There's nothing banger about that. You know me, I'm heavy in the clubs. Right, right. You know me, I'm going to go out and turn right. the clubs tonight. I'm like, this isn't going to do it for me. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so I've interrupted Griffin. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I've interrupted Carson Weekly. I've interrupted Carson so many times in Young Utes. That's all right. I've interrupted and you one a few more times, thing. too. Yeah. So uh, so Conan Gray is a recording artist. He's actually pretty famous, and he sang the national anthem <laughs> is at he? the Home Run Derby. <laughs> Who's he famous with? I See, 
I, I didn't know either, but I went on Spotify. Him. He's got about 20 million monthly listeners okay. on Spotify. But this guy, Conan Gray, sung the national anthem at the Home Run Derby, and people are... The young youths are saying it was bad. I thought it was pretty bad. And they're saying... Uh, it's drawing comparisons to Fergie's national anthem Ooh, at, the, at the All Star game. game. Should I play a little bit of it? You guys Fergie's know? or Conan Gray's? Conan Gray's. Yeah, okay, let me hear it. <laughs> it, it wasn't good. It I missed this. I did. I watched the whole derby. I missed the very beginning. Yeah, yeah it's which people, is good. People apparently. are saying it's the worst anthem since Fergie's. Yikes! So. That's not good. <laughs> So they, yeah. Like, yeah, it ain't it, great. It, it, did they cut to the players like they did at the All Star? Yeah, oh, they, they did, and yeah. it, I mean, they were pretty. They were just kind of standing there. <laughs> I was polite. really, I was looking for anybody laughing. It wasn't really happening. But um, two thoughts there. Why in the ever loving f did they try to sync it up with an organ? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that helped him. In I love way. organ and baseball, but that's yeah. Not. I nothing about that scene, and I'm not saying that it would have been great otherwise. But it seems like that definitely hurt him trying to do that with an sure. organ. Also, I've always wondered about like when you're in a big stadium like that, the the difficulty of um like the a lot of people talk about when you have on TV sometimes you'll get yourself back in your ear. We were dealing with this when we were trying to reset the studio the other day, and you're getting a loop of yourself back right. in your ear. It becomes very difficult it becomes almost impossible to you try to adjust to it i've done tv in those situations where i was getting a loop of myself back and you're like just trying to get through it and you can't converse you just have to say what you're going to say and then get it over with um i wonder if that might be a factor very possible situation like that it was not it was bad that was not i don't know if it's as bad as fergie's but I, you know what's weird about Fergie's is like it was horrible. I mean, there's no getting around <laughs> yeah. that, right? I I don't know. I just don't, maybe Fergie's a really good singer, and I just don't know it. Like what I remember of Fergie is, is her being like the got that boom boom. Yeah, like I don't think of her as like a <laughs> like a like a that was good Griffin. a Thanks. natural <laughs> vocalist. You know what I mean? Like I think her as being part of like a a pop group yeah. where they were just sort of like saying random things and. Yeah, exactly. Boom, boom, pal. Like that's that's right. what I think of people in the place. Like I don't think of her as like a like a tr- like she's not Mariah Carey. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't yeah, think of her as like, like having a gift. belting out the high notes and people thing. were uh, killing Macy Gray's um, anthem. I in part because I really love Macy Gray. I kind of dig the smoky, you know, like raspy national anthem. I thought that was cool. It's a change. It's definitely a change of pace. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it, but that, you know, I might be the only one. It's also a hard song to sing. They say that's one of the it hardest is. songs to sing. It is a very difficult song. And that it was sing. written There's to, no like, show off a good singer. So. This is why, again, as I've said a million times, we should change anthems and we should go with international players' anthem as our anthem moving forward. It would just be better for everybody. That And you guys know nothing about it. It's homework. Immediately after the show, listen to International right. Players Anthem. It's the greatest song ever. And finally, uh, Velveeta, the cheese company. I'm interested. Liquid you've, Gold. Liquid you've piqued gold. my interest. Uh, so I don't. They haven't actually come out with it yet, but they're testing it and like they're advertising it. If it's a new flavor of mac and cheese, the answer is going to be no. Uh, it's well, Glenn. I, I the answer is uh, going to be no. It's, it's not mac and cheese. What is it? It is Velveeta cheese infused vodka. And what? And the idea is a Velveeta martini with a Velveeta liquid gold cheese rim. Uh, I'm not opposed. Here it, is. here it is. Here it is right here. Actually, that's got a big water. Let's go. There it is. All right. Boom. 
All right, I see it on right Instagram. There. I got it. Right there. I got right it. There. I've got it on their Instagram page. I'm look. This would be one of those things that you try once. There's no way it's good. <laughs> I, I I talked about this before. The old bay vodka. The, the old bay. We who do we have on that we were? It was Tyler Locklear the other day. We were going. Oh yeah, we yeah, got yeah. In, in deep into the old bay conversation. I I did an entire. Reed and I did like an hour about this on the show one day recently. Some of the old bay foods are so good that like. There, you should never have a regular cheese curl again in your life. Absolutely. Because the Old Bay cheese curls are the greatest snack food that has ever existed. They're perfection. They're, they should never make regular goldfish again because the Old Bay goldfish are that good. I legitimately don't put Cholula on my food any longer because yeah. the Old Bay hot sauce is that good. The Old Bay vodka is nothing. It stinks. It I didn't even need to try it to try it. I would say, like, somebody, well, I got to try it. Just try it. No, you don't. You're not missing anything. I still want to try it. It offers nothing to society. Would it work in one of those, like, Old Bay fused, you know? Um, well, they make their Mary. own Bloody Mary mix, yes, too. Yeah. Correct. Would it work in there? Of course it would work in there. But Tito's would work better. Like, <laughs> that's the reality of it. This is the type of thing that, like, you try for the sake of trying, and then you say, I never need it again. I never need it again, but I would try it for the sake of trying. Yeah. It. Like, what's what's with these companies trying to do this vodka thing? Like, Arby's has curly fry flavor. I saw vodka. I saw something about that so because what's, what's it's, going on it's with a that? niche, and then like it's it's whatever people find that's hot, and then everybody's got to get they got to dip their toes into that water. Everybody was doing it with bourbon for a little while, where like everybody's got to have their own bourbon. Where like I don't I don't need that. That's yeah. not something I'm looking for. Yeah, John Daly tried to dip his feet into the water with that uh, I, sweet tea lemonade yeah, kind of stuff. I don't, need, I don't need it. I'm good. I'm good. But um, again, that doesn't mean I wouldn't. Try Try it, and if yeah. somebody, I would not seek this out. No. Like I seek out all the old bay things whenever they come out. Like I have to try the old bay chocolate is worthless. Like you know, you tried it, you're like, okay, now I know I don't need it again. The old bay beer was only okay. It was nothing more. You never needed to order. You never were out and like, God, I gotta have another one of those old bay lagers or whatever they were called. Dead rise, I think, is what it was called. Like you're, it's just fine. That's all it was. It was just fine. Um, I I'd try this if somebody brought it. When you you find it, bring it into the studio. Well, I'll try it. <laughs> if right? I find it, I will yeah, bring it do in. Do that. We'll try it. But I'm not gonna want it again. I'm not gonna find myself saying, "God, I gotta have that cheese martini." That's the <laughs> with, with Velveeta stuffed thing dollars. for me. <laughs> with Velveeta stuffed dolls. The, the picture had the, the like the freaking shells. Yeah, on, on the tooth, which I what kind of love. <laughs> I'm not, it's, no, it's, I, they really went for it. They really, got, they really went for I, it. I am as a as a cheese connoisseur, as a man who cares. I, I would go to more wine and cheese parties if they just got rid of the wine. What's your top like, three cheese power rankings? Uh, we had a conversation about this. I'm an Italian cheese man, so like Fontina, um, Pecco Romano. Um, uh, I mean, just a, mo- a mozzarella. I mean, my God. Yeah. Like, when it was better than a... I have a real problem when, like... I'll be at the grocery store and I'll wander past the uh, the cheese department. I often oh. go through and, like, look for new cheeses that they weren't there the last time. But then sometimes I won't get out without just grabbing a mozzarella log. <laughs> yeah, because they sell it in this and they're, and they're like, do you want the sliced version? I'm like, that's not necessary. <laughs> not going to be needing. You just take the block of cheese and Griffin. And br- I just it, grab, take my hand <laughs> and grab however big a hunk I want off that mozzarella log and shove it in my, my gullet. That's the way that it goes. And I feel like in some ways it's less disgusting than when we turn up a bag of shredded mozzarella cheese down our gullet. I feel oh, like yeah. somehow it's – and we all do Fuzzy. that. I feel like it's somehow less disgusting to just grab a hunk off the mozzarella log <laughs> yeah. and stuff it in. Plus, our face. when you buy it by the log, that's a lot higher quality than just like the Sargento. Except that comes when in it there. gets so wet. Well, like, except yeah. Except when there, it's like you know, you get the wrong log, 
and it's soaking wet. And that's why like, sometimes they braid doing? it. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I have braid, seen and that's that, supposed yeah. to squeeze a little bit more of the moisture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm mostly my my top dogs. The answer is all. Let <laughs> me make that abundantly clear. There's nothing. Once upon a time, I was not a Swiss cheese man. That's changed. Love Swiss cheese. My God, you what, how do you have a Cuban without it? Right, like right. Jesus Christ. Um, but the top dogs will continue to be the Italian cheeses. The Italian cheeses are the top dogs in the cheese department. Okay. I thought I don't know if the young Utes care or not, but I thought this was a phenomenal. Uh, I thought you brought something to the table here with young Utes. This <laughs> Thanks. Week. I mean, I think, I think that I think these are stories that were interesting. I think these are yeah. stories. I, I whether the young Utes care or not, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, I know. Th- I know they care about Beyonce. I know they care about Conan Gray. All right. If Velveeta you say was kind of like it was like trending on Twitter, and I'll, I was like, yeah, I'll okay, take. I'll throw I did it not. There. I did not know about it, so I'm glad you shared it with the class. I appreciated that. Well done, Carson Weekly. Thank you. All right, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular, and we will wind things down for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org. Hey O's fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans 15 and over will receive a Cedric Mullins 30-30 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 Club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at Orioles.com slash tickets. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. John Colson, I think you're a man who I largely respect. You're telling me you've never tried... Here, there's a mic for you, if you'd like that one. You're telling me you've never tried Old Bay Cheese Girls? No. That can't be possible. It's the truth. What is wrong with you? I don't How know. Have you functioned... Old Bay Chips, Old Bay Vodka, which is has... disappointing. It's nothing. It's just nothing. I can put Old Bay That's in my own thing. Bloody Mary. I don't, need, I don't need like, it, the it offers, vodka to it do that. Something. Tito's is better. Like, I'm always, yeah. I don't drink anymore. Well, I, mean, I, although I, when I, I make said, scrambled eggs, uh, sometimes I put Old Bay in my scrambled eggs. Wonderful. Oh, I do all the time. Wonderful. All the time. I do all the time. I went to Glory Days yesterday. I had an alcohol for the first time, like, all year. I was I wondering had, about that. I, had, I saw you go off with uh, <laughs> uh, with we, a radio my, guy. My buddy Tim Barbalay from 105.7. John texted me. Like, I, all of a sudden, Tim looked at me. He's like, dude, it's 6 o'clock. I'm like, one alcohol. That's all it took. I, we left at 3.30, and at 6 o'clock, I had had one alcohol, and we were still and he was like, dude, I got to go. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I got to go, too. I needed to go an hour ago. Like, what the hell happened? That's How's the like, studio today, by the way? Any better? Better. Yeah. Better. We're still, you know. Baby per- steps. Per- perfecting it, but it's it's better. Um, we had a we had a couple sent, but I think that's related to that box right there. I don't yeah. think that's a. Um, we're, that's. We're that, working. That's. We're working. We're working. Quick on the list to change we're, how that works. We're getting, we're getting things. Yeah. We're, we're getting things moving. We, uh, you know. I'm 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 I'm, ha- I'm in new a be- chairs have been ordered. I'm, I'm in a better headspace today. Good, I can tell. Than I was a couple of days. I don't ago. know if you noticed. I avoided you two days ago, John. I sat quietly out there and did whatever probably, I could to help, and then disappeared. Probably for the best. It was not a good day. It I'm was, not good at a lot of things, I, but my uh, one yeah, su- yeah. Oh, my one superpower actually is reading people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not in a good place. Well, and it's compounded by so on top of us having studio problems here this week. No water. I have no water at home, and I'm not oh. going to have water until. Next week, it looks like, and I just didn't prepare for it the way that I should. And now I'm just going to go stay at my mother-in-law's. I don't like you've you've met my mother-in-law. Um, I don't like staying at my mother-in-law's. Oh, nobody that's not, does. That's yeah. not unless it's a beach house. I can't. It's not an option to stay at my parents' house. That's not you know I haven't I haven't been to my parents' house in 20 years. Um, and my father-in-law actually probably wouldn't mind staying there, but I've never gotten that invite. Like it's I just don't. It's not a, and it's a weird, you know, like we're very close, but we just, I've never gotten that invite. So if we're going to go somewhere, we go to my mother-in-law's house. And I don't like doing that. I really don't like doing that, but I can't live. Why does it take so long to get water? It's the, because we're in a well, because we live in the middle of nowhere, because the damage, whatever the damage that was done by the storm ruined our tank. Gotcha. So we got to get an entirely new tank. And apparently those aren't, you can't just run down to the Walmart and get a new well tank. It's not an option. You got to, it takes a little bit longer. So on top of that, and then also the storm, 
So not being here for the storm was a real problem because when I got back, I was like, ha ha, suckers. Y'all had to clean up all the trees. Y'all had to, it knocked out like five pieces of our fence. Yeah. Well. The, the storm was horrible. And you were house. on a cruise. And I was on a cruise. I'm like, I don't got to worry about anything. My wife had You didn't have one cocktail on the cruise? No, I didn't have one. Not one. I had cigars. I had lots of cigars on the Ooh. cruise. And lots of cigars. Love cigars. Um, so I get back and I'm like, I just, I had blocked it all out of my thought process. So I'm getting back and thinking about things I have to do. And then I realized this store, like I can't close my back door. I can't close my back door because in the storm, the wind, I say the back door, it's the screen door. It's the, it's not the door. Been there. Door. Yeah. The wind has knocked it so far off of whatever you, what's that little thing at the bottom? I don't even know what you call that. The hinge? The, I get, no, it's not the no, hinge. It's no. the... What's the the part of the bottom that you can like move the little Jesus, the threshold something like that? The wind has knocked that so far off that the door can no longer close. The kick oh. plate. The kick plate is definitely a thing because that's how you as keep it, it as is the threshold. It. That's is the threshold. That's the a real threshold's thing? the whole thing. Like the oh, step okay. up. I did not know that. The I didn't kick know that. plate is the metal right, thing the little, that goes yeah. there. I'm sure so, I'll be corrected if I'm wrong. On so that. that's shot. So now I got to get a whole, we got to get a new screen door, right? And like, so that's the first thing that I learned that was a problem from the storm. I noticed that my garbage disposal is not working. I'm like, well, that's not great, but that could be anything, right? Like, we can deal with that. And then I go to take a shower on Sunday night, and I turn on the water, everything's fine. And then three seconds later, it's gone. And I'm like, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. So on the bottom of your garbage disposal, there's a little red button. When you get home, yeah. push up on the little red button. And your garbage disposal. They is thought it was to related to the water. They thought it was that when I when I talked to the well people, I was like, "Hey, by the way, like, I got this garbage disposal issue." They're like, "It's probably related to this." So they don't think. They're hoping that when we get the new, everything will start working. Gotcha. Again. So I ho- I hope that's the case. So I came home all like ready for the week, and then I get hit with all of this, and then the studio, and I just. It was a bad, yeah. He was bad looking bad place to be. It was a he was very unpleasant. I wasn't in the best place either, so it was just as well. <laughs> rough, that, rough that, couple of days. A reminder that, that I can never go away. I can just never ever. It was nice when you were a kid. You could just when go the away. kids grow up, you'll find you can go away. Yeah, but until then, there are no vacations. There are just <laughs> other places. God, a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> so <laughs> when you have little kids, there are I'd no su- vacations. I'd they're su- just I'd, literally just I'd, other I'd, places. I'd, different scenery. Somebody yeah. who was in here the other day, I don't. Know, it might have been Griffin. It might have been. Carson this morning was like, "Hey, how was your time away?" And I was like, "I don't know, man." Like, I, it's, did I go yeah, away? Yeah, he no, was, there was a big COVID-filled boat. Other than that, there's, <laughs> there's no. Oh, oh God! They I mean like they make everybody. Did test. you gamble? I didn't, and I meant, I meant to. That's the funny part. I meant to. Never gamble on a cruise. Yeah, it was just me and my seven. Horrible odds. So I couldn't really go out at night. Like when it was time to put my kid to bed, I was either gonna have to ask like my mother to come in and sit in the room. And then she's going to fall asleep in my room. And then it's just, it's very awkward. We're not that close. We're just not that close any longer. It's just going to be awkward. So I'm like, I just have to, when I put in bed at nine o'clock, I just have to be in the room for the rest of the night. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it's going to go. So I was, I was going to bed with him basically. Like I was, I can't watch a baseball game. I was just going to bed at 10 o'clock. Orioles were winning. By the yeah. Way. <laughs> by the way, the most exciting baseball of my life. And I couldn't watch any of it. That's a thrill. I wrote about that in the column. That sucked. I went to three games in a row with my I, cousin it, from it, Singapore. The, the Angel series? Yeah. I bet it was yeah. the most exciting time yep. to have, you he know. Can't, he's the biggest Orioles fan ever. He lives in Singapore. He gets up at 7 a.m. every morning That's and cool. gets, goes into work early That's so cool. he can stream the Orioles game before work. That's cool. Wow. That's and so cool. he wow. came to town for the first time in three years. Can't and all we did was go to Orioles games. He was so excited. On the boat. That's not an option. No. We went and watched the terrible music every night. 
And I say terrible. Actually, the, the last night it was great. Magicians? Uh, saw one magician, and my son was mad because he did, wasn't like pulling rabbits out of hats. Like he was doing like illusion, like oh, okay. or sleight of hand stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was doing like a um, you know, think of a number and yeah. And meanwhile, your son just wanted some pigeons to exactly, appear. Exactly, that's butt. all. He yeah, that's like, <laughs> like ribbon thing. I'm not kidding. My son literally loudly is saying in the crowd, "Why isn't he doing magic?" I'm like, "God, you shut up! <laughs> <laughs> shut up, boy! Shut up!" Uh, we went and watched Encanto one night. <laughs> I mean, that was my trip. That was that was how my we went down the water slides. He put me in a uh, the torture rack, legitimately the professional wrestling with the torture rack in the pool. About I just spent an hour and a half in the pool with him every day. Oh yeah, like I, every day, an I've hour and a half yeah. in the pool. Been all there. all he's doing. This is another thing. We got into a fight about this on the fan on Sunday because I called in when it turns out I could have been back in time to do my show, but I just didn't know that. So Rita did it with Cordell, and. I Rita joked with me beforehand, like, "Hey, make sure you pack lots of underwear." And I was like, "I'm good. Like, I, I don't need your help with the underwear." But then I realized the day before, like, "Oh, right, I wear underwear when I go in the pool because I don't wear swim trunks because you know that's gotta be a no for me, dog. Like, I don't need all that bunching, so I just wear athletic shorts and I wear boxers underneath." And she's like, "Well, why?" And I'm like, "Well, you've clearly never had a seven-year-old, <laughs> which is not true. She did, yeah, but she's not a dude, so like." The moment I get in the pool, the first thing he's thinking about doing is pulling my shorts yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. The first move, I cannot get in without having underwear yeah. on. It's not an option. So now I just held mine underwater till they stopped. That, see, that's smart. Yeah, that's weird. I thought you had more and, kids. Well, it's no, weird. no, no, no. They're better for it. They're better off for it. They're both strong kids. They are. Okay. Um, so that's that was a real thing for me. Now the problem was they panicked. We happened to have a room that didn't have a balcony. Right. There's nowhere to dry. <laughs> I just trying to dry them in the bathroom. They're not drying, so I'm going through two pairs of underwear a day because I'm wearing one pair to the pool, and then I got to put another pair on. Then I'm going to the gym. I got to put another pair. I ran out of underwear. They do have drying capability. I understand that, but I didn't learn that until late in the week. It was a whole thing. It was it was quite the week. It was quite the week, and it was very little. The on top of that, guilt. Oh, lots of guilt. Lots of guilt. Oh, my wife was never interested in going on a cruise. Why? She was going to go because my parents were kind enough. Why to, wouldn't she want to go on a cruise? She she's the type that to her vacation is go to a beach, sit on a beach, do nothing. Isn't that what you can do on a cruise if you want? You can get off the boat and go to a beach. But you like, can sit around the pool and stuff. But right? She doesn't want a pool. She wants a beach. She's very specific. You know how long it took me to get her to go to New Orleans with me? I was going to New Orleans every. Did year she like it for a little while? She loved it. She loved it. And now she'll go back to New Orleans. I'll say, Hey, why don't we try somewhere else? Why don't we try going to Austin? Nope. Nope, I'll go to New Orleans or a beach. Those, that's, John, I got a lot of problems, man. I got a lot of problems. I don't have water. My wife won't go on a proper vacation. Got a lot of problems. Beach is a great vacation. We, we are going to go to New Orleans, though, for the Ravens game. We did decide oh. that. Oh, good. Did, did, that's how much she fell in love with New Orleans. Is, it's a great city. Normally we do a you hear that, Ben? Brian. Brian, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said Ben. I was just talking I, about I love Brian. You hear that, Brian? Brian knows I love him. And I, he, I think he, he wants to do a partnership, and I, I yeah. love that because I, I love his company. I think that they do. I, I'll give him a free plug. Be more around town. I Agree. Think they do an incredible job. Um, so I want to make something. Hey, can, can I, I, I totally quickly. off subject? Yes. Do you do you like this table? I know I, you talked I've about, talked it. about it's great. it. I love the table. So my buddy Carson made this table. Yeah. yeah. He, he his name is Jeff Springer. Okay. And he owns a company called CMR Train for okay. a, for a profession. He builds. He's a modeler. Oh yeah. And he also built. He builds. Gigantic this is the guy that like, built train, the train for Rod Stewart or somebody. Rod like that, Stewart's right? one of his biggest clients. Yeah, and um, he has these crazy rich people who 
he'll build I think he's building one now that's a couple thousand square feet. Okay. And, and okay. anyway, um as a, he helped us out and he built this table which I just think was really really cool of him. It's fantastic. Yeah. Very cool of him. I mean, that's so. It's the it's yeah. dope, and I, I got yeah. a little emotional talking about it the other day. I know you were talking about the uh, well, about the, the gym. Yeah, it, cool. it meant a lot to me. Yeah. Now this is this is flooring from there, um, and all that which he retreated. He did draw on the the, the red part. Is oh, not so original. this isn't actually racquetball court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Oh, it, it is. Okay, but he had to put the stripes. on. Okay, got it. Got it. Well, I'm, and he I'm, had to redo it. You know, I'm to make very, it look look I'm a little very more. Very excited about it. Cool. I, I yeah. love. I love. I'm I'm gonna miss. I talked a lot. I'm gonna miss being in Hamden. Uh, I me too. A genuine. Well, I mean, you live. Well, there, I live so. kind of nearby. <laughs> no, but it was yeah. a great area to work in. I loved. I love that neighborhood. Uh, I love being one of the boys at Hamden now. I love everything about it. I when does genuine. that calendar come out? Do you guys know about this? No, I, I know yeah, about it. I mean, I know about it because I had to do but the car wash. Like he's, people, he's, were, I talked about it a he's lot. He's going to be appearing. Yeah, naked. Um, naked. 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 Well, the part where Stan got thrown in—that's a little. <laughs> what, what? So actually, it's very awkward. So Stan we is a press box calendar. Apparently, Stan. No. <laughs> apparently, Stan and I are sharing a photo. Yes, in the calendar now. Oh, which is hilarious. But when's you're gonna sh- look great now. In, th- that's what somebody would say. Is <laughs> the comparison after this is this is a really awkward part. I haven't even talked to Dave about this. After finding out what I was doing, I have a friend named Zach who's in this band All Time Low that's very popular. And he's very handsome. And he found out what I was doing and messaged me and asked if he could be a part of it. You don't want to oh. but, uh, hang on. Why did we lose John's microphone all of a sudden? What happened there? That's not great. All of a sudden, oh, hang on. Go ahead. It might have been you touching the cord a certain way. Yeah. Talk again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, he was like, I'd like to do a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. I mean, good for you for being self-confident enough to be willing to do a picture with a handsome fellow like me. That's like, right. good, good for you for showing such self-confidence. See, tactically, having Stan in the picture is brilliant. It I'm is. not sure about bringing really good-looking guy. Yeah, in. being bringing a really good-looking guy in is questionable. Like, yeah. it's very give him March or something. But that's the thing; he would bring a lot of attention to the calendar. In no, there. what brings attention to the calendar? No, 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 no you, you, you're saying that. Okay, he's wildly famous. Oh, like, okay, he's okay. wildly famous. Well, have you told Dave? No, I'm going to talk to him about it. You like, should. He wants to do it. I just Dave might give him a whole nother. I I know, page. but he really wanted to do it because we're friends. He wanted. He liked the idea of doing it with me. He liked the idea, but I just don't. There's three of us now. Stan just, might be happy to bail on it. Yeah, that discussion. I don't. I don't get that sense okay. at all. Maybe, yeah, I got he the does sense like it was the, almost yeah, the okay. exact opposite <laughs> okay. of that. Okay. I got the sense it was almost the exact opposite. So, guys, th- this is the like Boys of Hamden, and it's Hamden-owned businesses and so forth, and these business owners all pose, kind of. Suggestively, whatever you did, you did it again. There's a we got a chord there you problem. Go. How's that? that? Yeah, right. Got to deal with that. Yeah. Speaking of studio, um, yeah. Stan's suggestion was that we put copies of Press Box in front of. Ooh, I like that. I agree with that. That's yeah. what his suggestion was. I wanted to recreate the. Uh, do you remember the famous Mike Messina Ben McDonald Orioles magazine cover? Sure. Where I thought we wear like the Top Gun and to play off the popularity of Top Gun, we wear the Top Gun gear up top, and then why don't you have Stan recreate Jim Palmer's underwear? The underwear ad, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I really kind of love that. I, really, I mean, like pose it the same I, I, the whole bit. I the agree. jockey Find underwear, the exact I- underwear that Jim Palmer was wearing. Yeah, I, you know how many people around this town have autographed Jim under or Jim Palmer underwear? A lot. Like it's everywhere. 
I think we could. I actually, st- you know what? I think that's a really good idea. Thank I you. think that's a really good idea. I think we should look into <laughs> that. I think the whole thing is a bad idea, but I think that specifically is a really good idea. All right, we got to wrap up. Okay, it's 1222. What the hell are we doing? Thank you, you, John Colson. Most worshipful grandmaster here at Pressbox, John Colson. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. It is our salute to coaches issue with John Harbaugh on the cover. We also recognize inside uh, other coaches, John Harbaugh, of course, 15 seasons uh, with the Ravens, other coaches who are either approaching or recently surpassed milestones like Kenya Matalolo from Navy and... Uh, Pete Karinji from UMBC, Sasha Sarovsky, Missy Maharg from Maryland, Kendall Peace from Poly, and um, some recently retired coaches, Lou Eckerl from Calvert Hall, who's getting one more guy into the draft this year, Lamar King, who I think is going to join us That's tomorrow. Right. I believe so. And um, also Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins, all recognized by the uh, the players and the athletes whose lives they impacted the most inside this print issue of Press Box, our Salute to Coaches issue, available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at those hundreds of places around town where you find Press Box. All right, so tidbit, uh, of course, uh, Juan Soto's been kind of popular in the baseball news cycle. Uh, won the home run derby. Maybe going to be traded. Maybe going to be traded. Probably will be. See, the Dodgers fans they, were they offered, they offered him a lot of money that it turns out is not all that much money. Yeah. And they didn't give him a jet. Yeah, that was. That, by the way, what a weird bit that's become. We're like, I know, and the A's guy didn't get a jetty. It's just like a weird. Well, the, like, I, there's more. St- there's been a lot of reporting about that because it, people got so worked up about it, and ultimately, like, the answer kind of comes back to maybe nobody's really a. Maybe the Nationals aren't like. Apparently, the way that it works is you what what is offered by baseball is six first class tickets, and if you want to instead take that money and get a jet. Instead, you can go that route. So maybe it was Juan Soto's call. Yeah, that he preferred just having the six first class tickets instead yeah. of a jet. Like, I, there's so much there that like we don't. Maybe nobody was really a jerk. Maybe it wasn't the Nationals <laughs> being a holes to Juan Soto. And then like Scott Boris was like, "Well, I'm not allowed to because of the agent relationship." And then somebody else was like, "Well, that's not technically true either." <laughs> like you could have, and they found like some loophole that. Like it's, I don't, I, I can't, I'm out. I'm tapped out on Juan Soto in this jet. I'm tapped out on it. Go ahead. Uh, well, the Dodgers fans were chanting future Dodger at him I, at the I All-Star heard about game. That, yeah. um, but anyway, so what I wanted to, what I was going to reference is uh, there's the stat that's going around. I could not find the freaking stat. I saw it on Twitter, but his numbers uh, in the pre All-Star break in 2021 and 2022 are like, they're eerily similar Okay. because he was kind of, I mean, he was, he's Juan Soto, so it was still really good. But it was like kind of a di- bit kind of down for Juan Soto. Then he had an unbelievable second half last year. So everyone's like, "Oh, I mean, he's got similar numbers." Yep. Then he was in the home run derby, won the home run derby. Maybe we'll do the same thing this year. Um, so maybe thinking about you know best second half players, second half seasons. How in the world would I? There is no you can chance. Get it. You can get it. Jesus Christ! So I wanted to do uh, top like top ten guys with the most extra base hits in the okay. second half of the season. You, you, I think you could get them. Uh, but I also have players. home runs up. Yeah, yeah. Also have good ho- I also have home runs. I mean, I have no specific. So we can do home runs then. I think you should be able to get okay. home runs. And uh, since Barry, Barry Bonds. He is. Yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark McGuire. Yeah? You all right over there? What the <laughs> hell happened? What happened? I'll do this. We'll, oh, we'll okay. pull the mic over oh, here so I can look Are you at, still look on the stats. camera, though? That is the also the important yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. I feel like our the camera might not be set the way that we need it to be. We're good. Um, he said McGuire. Is McGuire... Yes, Maguire's on there. So Sosa, Maguire is in the top ten twice for second half home runs. Sosa is on there twice as well. Roger Maris, actually three times. 
Roger Maris, no. I don't really know when the All-Star break was in 1961. That's true. Like, I couldn't tell you. Like, I think it was earlier than it was. Um, Let me check. Well, because yeah. I, I originally made the cutoff 1980, just so it was more recent players. So Maris could. Uh, no, Maris. Maris not, um, not up there. I'm trying to think of who else put up the. the um, but yeah, McGuire had 33 in 98, then 37, which is the most. After the All-Star break in 1999, uh, um, did. You know, Albert Bell had a couple really good years. Is he in there? Albert Bell is up there, and he also holds Look the record for most extra base hits Look in you. the second you, half Carson of the season. Uh, A-Rod. Albert Bell's second, actually. 36 home runs. Uh, A-Rod, no. Okay. Not in the top 10. All right. 2002, he did have 30, which is just outside. Um, Canseco. Jose Canseco, no, not for second half home runs. David Ortiz. Ortiz, not on there. Okay. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. There he is. He hit like 60 home runs. Yes. Nobody nobody really paid attention to it because, like, we don't. It was the Marlins. The numbers are so out of control, right? Yeah. But, like, he hit like 60 (laughs) home runs. 33 in 2017 for Stanton. I'm trying to figure out who else you're missing here. How many? I only have five that we got right. How many were supposed to get? Well, uh, a lot of those guys were on there twice. In the top uh, how many total number of players are there? I, I don't give me, give me a second. <laughs> this, came, this tidbit came together came together quick. Ah, uh, it's twelve twenty seven. We gotta go. Uh, there's one. Right, there's one more guy in the top ten. Ryan Howard hit a lot of home runs one year. He did, but he's not in the top ten. Okay. Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. No. I feel like Greg Vaughn had a str- like a sixty home run season at one point. Uh, I not, can't not speak really on that. 60, he but is he had like not, a monster. Not up there for a second half home. Jim Tomey. No. Fred McGriff. It was in the last five years. It was in the last five Player years. in the last five years. Aaron Judge. Over 30. No. In the second half. Uh, uh, Pete Alonzo. Nope. Kyle Schwarber. No, no, no. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, it was a good guess. Uh, he, yeah, it was very hot last year. Very hot June last year, but no, Schwarber not on the list. Was it like the weird year where Jorge Soler hit like a billion home runs? No, it was not that year. Soler, not on my list. Vlad Jr.? Vlad Jr.? No, he is not on this list either. All right, you just tell us. Twelve twenty. He played for the Tigers in 2017. Played for the Tigers in 2017. J.D. Martinez, 31. Sure. Oh, wow. I and believe you. Chris Davis is in the top 20. He yeah. had 28 in 2015. Okay. Very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns this Tuesday. We'll be back to our uh, regularly scheduled uh, gambling uh, programs uh, to help you try to win some money. They're brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Simply the Bets on Tuesday. Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Here's what's coming up tonight. Baseball's back. ESPN's got Giants Dodgers at 10. Also, if you hate yourself, the second episode of the Derek Jeter thing is tonight at 9. Uh, New York Liberty Washington Mystics right now on NBA TV and NBC Sports Washington. Uh, later on on NBA TV, the Atlanta Dream and LA Sparks at 3.30. Indiana Fever, Las Vegas Aces at 10. Golf Channel, uh, round one of the PGA's 3M Open. You throw out all the records when they do that one. It's, just, it's a very special event. 2 o'clock. Uh, women's Euro, Germany, Austria, 3 o'clock on ESPN2. Then Athletes United, uh, Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse gets underway tonight out at the USA Lacrosse Complex in Sparks, which is right across the street from my mother-in-law's house. Maybe I'll stop in and take a look at that tonight, actually, now that I think about it. That's at 6.30 on ESPN2. Fox Sports 1, the Women's Copa America, Brazil and Peru at 7.50. Uh, WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, the highlight for me, new episode in Practical Jokers, David Cross. Ross, the celebrity guest. What we did miss uh, while we were gone, Chris Jericho was on 
the Impractical I, Jokers. I do like Chris Jericho. Yeah. How could you not? Not going to get me to watch the Impractical Jokers. There's, a, there's sorry, a new Tyler. show on ABC. It's called Generation Gap. Third episode of that comes out. Okay. Hosted by Kelly Ruff. Miranda Sings is making a guest appearance. Who's that? Miranda Sings? Drawing a blank. Oh, really? She's weird. This weird YouTuber. She was okay. very weird. All right. With little kids. Got nothing. People, little nothing kids for like me. her. <laughs> Okay. Uh, old man, new episode. Uh, let's see. Oh, people uh, too like old man. Yeah. What's who? What's is that? Some. Um, That's um, Jeff Bridges, yeah, right? Jeff yeah. Bridges. Yep. I should watch that. And then uh, HBO Max has. I watched The Bear first, though. A yeah. show that uh, also just came. Well, Carson's was, watched somewhere between one and three <laughs> episodes of that show. He's not really sure. I watched the first episode and and the second. Yeah. And. Uh, the Bridge, season two, episode four. So this show, it's a reality show. It's got twelve strangers. They get put together on a picturesque lake in the British countryside and they have to build a bridge in 20 days to an island 250 meters away. It's not for me. I'm sure somebody's <laughs> watching it. Though. To me, it, it sounded very okay. interesting. Uh, and then American Horror Stories, not to be confused with American Horror Story, that season two yeah, comes out on too Hulu. Much, too much. Way too much here. Way too much. What night is What We Do in the Shadows on? Um, I saw that. I, I, what I, night of the week is I that? Definitely That's put important because it it's one of the best shows in television in the last 10 years. I definitely put it on here because I remember. I mean, I'm gonna whenever I start watching, I just sit down it. and binge a few episodes. But like, I would like to know what night it's actually on. It, it's a shame. I, I, you know what? I regret. Oh shoot! I missed. I did miss it for some reason. It, I mean, I it's had it. I, I posted it, but it was on Tuesday. It was Tuesday. on Tuesday. Okay, very good. All right, uh, Carson. Social media. Uh, at Carson Ware, where it's got an I in it. And don't forget, uh, you put something up on TikTok. Oh, I was going to play that. You want to play that really quickly? Yeah, right? it's only it's only a minute long. It's kind of a fun te- teaser. Yeah, it's just a, just a couple little. It's a sizzle from, reel from some of the shows this if summer. If you will, a sizzle reel. For yeah, it's got a comment right that now. I love. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, this is the type of thing you guys are rubes and boobs <laughs> because you are just willing to look at a shiny object and say, "Oh my god, it's new and it's cool, and I right want one? it." I mean, this looks very. Uh, what happens? Oh wait, yeah, this is that is that's the same. That's a Taco Bell. I had it. I had who's it. with us now here on GCR Jackson? It's Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat. I remember. Uh, Doja Cat kind of broke onto the scene with the hit song "Bitch, I'm a Cow." I still yes. can't believe. No, it's cool. We'll just let the uh, the pitcher throw the ball into cool. center field, but it's cool. We'll we'll call out anyway. People don't care. The, the problem is people don't care, and what you get is seven innings of guys going up trying to swing for home runs because they've changed the game so drastically that you just watch guys strike out for seven innings. We get Stevie Wilkerson. Yeah, sure. I would be having a lot of those Doritos when they introduced the, when they introduced the cheesy gordita crunch. Your boy might as well have moved in. <laughs> might as well. It's true. It's Jacob Barry from LSU, and he's with us now here on GCR. Uh, I believe so, yeah. All right, cool. Then I'll save that the one The Orioles while. are giving away a soccer jersey. Let's go. I don't know why. I mean, maybe, maybe in the World Cup. Maybe in celebration of the World Cup. That, yeah. Like, by the way, I'm Jackson the Holiday. This is the type of thing you guys. Just threw a little something together. Right, there I like, it's a nice little the, sizzle reel. The comment was on the other one. Um, oh. But it, was, it said, calm down, old man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about the Taco Bell one. I mean, you can say calm down all you want. You're wrong. It's a terrible idea. And I'm right. I stand by that to this day. Y'all just get caught up. Ooh, it's new and shiny. I like it. No, it's stupid. It's dumb. And sometimes the way we've done things, we do it because it's better. It's the better way to do it. Thank you, Carson. That's good yep. work. That's good work. I don't know well if we done, had. Carson. I don't know if we did anything good today that we can put on TikTok. I, I'll, I'll just look through. I'll come All right. through. Very good. Thank you, pal. Uh, thanks to uh, Nathan Ruiz. Thanks also to um, Jared Beck. Thank you, Jared Beck. Totally blanked. It was awesome. He was a great was, guest he, too. I really enjoyed. Yeah, that, that was a great conversation. It was fun. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the. Arr!
tab at glennclarkradio.com. I mentioned Lamar King, uh, drafted by the Padres, uh, former Calvert Hall Cardinal. He's going to join us tomorrow. A rumor that maybe Kyle Fuller might be joining us, which would be cool. Ooh. I like that. Um, now a Raven and playing for his hometown team, which is a neat uh, story. I hope that's actual. And I think Stan the Fan is actually going to come in studio with us tomorrow. I think um, he likes doing the Friday thing, so I think he's right. wants, I to come and see the, wants to come and see the new studio. So I think Stan the Fan might be joining us as well. All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox. Oh, i got to remember to bring that sheet that I have the list of the sponsors on because instead I'm just trying to make it up as I go along. I, I took that home with me when we moved from the old studio, and I just mm. keep forgetting to bring it back with me to the new studio. That's on nobody else but Glenn. That's 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 my fault, but here we go. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, The Charm. Oh, nope, we, that one can come off the list. All-America Lacrosse. I mean, they can Shout out Royal Farms. I still appreciate the Charm City match. It just already happened, so we don't need to. Grade 8 memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and the cost of sin. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok yes. at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.